Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. Hello and welcome in to the Jayhawk Talk radio program. I am Kevin Meckley and joined with me as always, Andrew Payne, Nick Schwert. And unlike last week, fellas... When we had a certain football player not to be named, get traded, cut our show to an hour, we're going to be here for three, count them, three hours tonight. And you know why? Do you know why? It's because we are in the effing final four, boys. What? We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about. You know what? Our Carrington Harrison, our predecessor here. He brought up a good point. We should be doing a four-hour show mm. in honor of the Final Four. Final Is it four. too late to lobby for an extra hour? Let's go all night. <laughs> I was just about to ask if you had any plans. But I got nothing. I'm not sleeping anyway. It's Final Four week. Andrew, how you feeling? Uh, we sleep in March or we sleep in April, <laughs> sleep in May, whatever. We're not going to sleep in March. We're not going to sleep tonight. No, this is exciting. This is the Final Four week. We don't get a lot of these. We expect them every year, but we don't get them every year. This is This is a fun, fun week where... You know, if you're going to New Orleans, you're trying to find tickets. You're trying to find, how am I going to get there? Am I going to fly down there? Am I going to drive down there? Who am I going to know who's down there? Everyone I'm, I know is going to be there. This is just a fun week of, you know, kind of preparing for the game, but also just like enjoying the pageantry that is Kansas basketball. And there's a lot of pageantry. There's part of me that's not even willing to move on to the final four until Saturday because I want to bask in the glory of winning the Elite Eight. I know that's a fine line, sure. a distinction to make, but I am so overjoyed by the fact that all of the bad stuff I thought was going to happen didn't happen, and we saw this team hit a, hit a gear we haven't seen. Like the, 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 Their willingness to buy in in the second half of that Miami game where I thought, okay, this is over, and they all just busted their ass on defense and outworked Miami for the final. That was that was the most dominant 20 minutes of basketball we've seen in the NCAA tournament. And it was from the Jayhawks. Instead of it being the other team, yeah. that was the uh, Imperial Death Star destroying planet Jayhawk, it was KU doing it to another program. I think we're conditioned to assume that the worst is going to happen. Uh, particularly as we've marched through this tournament, Guys, we haven't played that well. I mean, Texas Southern, we had a nice stretch, I guess. But did we play our A game at all? We did had, we play our B game at all? We had five halves of meh. Until that second half. And then it was A++. A++++. I mean, near near godlike level quality. <laughs> like, there's, there's not much better you could have done. Like, you can point to a couple things. But when you win, what, 45-17? In the second half, you start doing that math. I mean, this is, I mean, that's like playing, you know, a high school team. When you start to extrapolate that math out, we're not going to be able to do that every time, but we hit a gear. We hit a level that if we play like that, even just, you know, touch that, just briefly grasp a little bit of that second half. He showed it to us. No one's going to be able to beat us. Yeah. That that, we were underdogs at halftime in that game. What was the live line? We I can't remember. It was I know we were underdogs. I think we were plus money, like plus one. Did you hit it? No. You I, I've been emotionally hedging a... this thing, man. <laughs> I've been emotionally hedging this thing. I, I've not touched a KU bet except for some props. 
You have you're gonna lose so much money to I'll help us win. I'm buying us a championship, That's guys. Right. We and we you're appreci- welcome. We appreciate your you're sacrifice. You're welcome, KU Nation. Yes. It's so weird. Like we're, you're right. We're preconditioned to expect the worst. To where when KU did win. And we were doing a Twitter spaces afterwards. And I went down to Mass Street. I was like, man, I haven't done this in a while. So great. <laughs> I walked a block down to Mass Street and everybody's sort of congregating. And it was in the middle of the day, so it was weird. It wasn't normally, normally you'd expect it to be like a 10 o'clock sort of thing. It was, I don't know, 3 p.m. on a Sunday. Weird. Isn't weird, weird, but it was weird. cool. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it was great. Well, hopefully we got another celebration coming. We got a lot to talk about here. I mean, we're t- we're going to cover everything today from this Nova matchup. To big picture items. What else are we going to talk about today, boys? Well, John Fanta's going to join us again. That's right. Because we got another Big East opponent. Boys to the Big East. We're just marching through the Big East. <laughs> you know what? Maybe we ought to get two championships. We ought to get the Big 12 championship and maybe that Big East championship. We'll have defeated the regular season and the Big, big East tournament champion about that? Uh, in the Big East. Uh, we're also going to have on Rex Walters, Ooh. former Final Four Dude. Jayhawk himself, knows a little bit about a blue blood Final Four in New Orleans. Probably the person most suited to talk about that. Ten-year-old me is real jacked about that conversation. <laughs> real <laughs> jacked. I didn't wear a 23 jersey for MJ. I wore the 23 jersey for Rex. Oh, yeah. that's It's it's bringing me back. Like This was my formative years of, of early <laughs> 90s Kansas basketball. This is going to be important. Like, it's going to be hard to not just fanboy out on, on Rex Walters. I don't, I don't want to make KU seem like the sisters of the poor, but it feels like there have been so many instances over the years where you feel like you were in the mix, but yet at the end of the season, you're on the outside looking in. And I think it's important to just stop and smell the roses here for a moment that you're on the inside, right? It's Kentucky that lost to a 15 oh. seed, right? Hmm. It's not you. It's, it's Gonzaga sitting at home. You as a one seed, and we can, they're not the underdogs. I, I get it. They, they assembled a great resume. They were one. And we talked about this in recent weeks. We get, we get, we fell victim to comparing Kansas to other Kansas teams of the past. But now that we're sitting here at the final four, I think it's validation that, yeah, they, they may not be as good as 2020 or 20, 2008 or 2016, but they're good enough to compete for a title this year. Absolutely good enough, and, and they should win it. They could win this, and they should win it. This is going to be a Final Four, and we can talk about these other teams, but this is, I mean, we've got a, a, a two-seed in Villanova, and you've got a two-seed in Duke and uh, eight-seed in North Carolina on the other side. None of those seeds matter right now. These are four name brand programs with high quality recruits with a lot of stars, some young, some old, some developed players come along the way. These are all programs who did not luck into the final four, right? These all four of these programs think they can win. All, all of them think that on, on Monday night, on Tuesday morning, they're going to wake up with a ring on their finger. There's no flukes. This is the right four. It feels like the right four. You know, you look up and down this tournament bracket, which was wild, right? The madness was real. This tournament, there was no chalk in this tournament. But then you look down at the final four and it's from a, from a name brand standpoint, feels pretty chalky from a blue blood standpoint, feels pretty chalky. And you know what? We're part of that party. We're part of that blue blood party. That feels real good. Yeah, I mean, dude, it felt like at any given moment the wheels were going to fall off that we were it was going to be another one of those seasons of like oh Miami, really 10 seed? Yeah. You fell to Miami. And then we were going to sit there and talk about it for years after. Well, yeah, but they were better than a 10 seed. Right. USC. 
Yeah, they, they weren't. They were much better. They what? Look at what they did the second half of the yeah. season. They ended up being one of the top fifteen teams in the country. It's yeah. like yeah, but there would have been no excuse. There would have been no excuse for and this one. There was opportunities for that. Like you could see that with a team like Creighton in the second round, right? Like oh, this Creighton team, you know, they they gave uh, Villanova all they could handle in the Big Whatever. East, and you know, like oh, they're playing great. They got this guy. They K- came, KU had no excuse, and you know, but you could see where those bumps could have come. Providence, same story. Miami, oh, Jim Laranega going to get them back, and we took those punches. And I think in that second half against Miami, we really turned a corner and showed what this team could be. And I think primarily that happened on the defensive end. I don't think I've ever seen a Kansas team buy in defensively the way this team has over the last two weeks. I get it. Like the competition stepped up big time over the next two games. If you're lucky enough to win on Saturday and you played Providence and Creighton and Miami, that's not the cream of the crop, but talk about completely flipping the script with, with who you are this year. We talked all season about how defense was a liability how this team didn't have the personnel, they didn't have the length, they didn't have the athleticism, they didn't have the discipline. This team is winning games with their defense right now. And that, to me, I, I chalk that up to buying in. I chalk that up to realizing our, our baseline is not going to be good enough to get where we want to go. Our baseline is not going to be good enough to win a title. We have to sell out on that end of the court, and we've seen that over the two weeks. Like They are giving every single thing they have, and they're just outworking their opponent defensively. KU was up to 18th in Ken Palm in defense. 18th. We were like, whoa. Or I think it was 29th to start the tournament. And I think, the, but we were way lower than that it, in the middle it, of the Big 12. I think we were as low as 50. Yeah. I, I remember at one point we were the lowest ranked defense in the Big 12. Okay. Give me Ken a Palm. date we want, you want to go back to. I don't know. How about December 1st? Okay, we'll keep talking. I'll get it. Maybe, it. Right, yeah, maybe, well, maybe, I thought you had <laughs> Buzz on call. Like uh, you're the wizard over there with Ken Palm. Come I, I, I want to. I want to highlight this. I want to highlight this defense a little bit in the tournament. Like just think back to the entire season and what those scores are at halftime. And, you know, and sometimes we've had some good defensive outings, but nothing like we've seen here. I want to highlight three halves here. There were three halves uh, of these first four rounds where we held a team held a team under 20 points. First half against Texas Southern, 19. Okay, 16 <laughs> seed, whatever. But first half against Providence, 17. Second half against Miami, 17. Those are weird numbers. How crazy that is crazy? that? Like that, that is in, are we Virginia? Like, is this a, is this a Virginia winning, you know, 39, 34? That's, that's crazy. But we have this elite offense to pair with that. That's a championship recipe. It's wild. So I'm cherry picking a little bit here. I went back to the day after the Kentucky game. Okay, that's fine. What do you think Kansas's defense was was ranked in in terms of adjusted defensive efficiency? I know we were as low as fifty, but I'm going to say forty five. That sounds right. Fifty five. Wow. Fifty fifth in the country. You go from fifty five to seventeen since what January? What February first? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. That's, that's buying in. That's buying in. Like, you don't have new players. That's effort. I mean, and that's not necessarily like a new scheme or. You know, like oh, we were doing something crazy now. It's about effort and it's about willing to be flexible. Cause like what we did in those first three and a half games was not what we did in the second half against Miami. This was about whether, whether we're going to switch, whether we're going to go straight up man to man against Wong and against Moore and McGusty. Those switches mattered and it, it showed that, you know, you just got to play good defense and be willing to adjust. And, and the effort was there. I want to, I want to note something here defensively all season long, Dewan Harris. It's been talked about, well, he's a good defender, but 
teams can get physical with him, and he's just undersized, and that's where you can pick on him. You know what Bill Self did in the second half against Miami? Put Dewan Harris on Cameron McGusty. Yeah. Cameron McGusty's a lot bigger than Dewan Harris, and yes, Dewan Harris took him out of the game. That won the game. Yeah, I, I think that, that was, was a huge. move that won the game. You talk about that Kentucky game. If you, if you want to pick that spot, Bill Self has said that game was in some ways the turning point of the season because they realized, oh, man, you know, we got to be better. And you, I, it, that feels like, you know, the, the next day you pull that tape up and you say, all right, you guys want to go to the Final Four? You want to win a championship? We got to play defense. We got to play the right way. It's a humbling game. It was a very humbling game. It showed how far we were behind just yeah. in terms of where we needed to be. Like you look across the court and you say, they're so much better than us. And physically, we don't have – we're never going to be more athletic than Kentucky, right? We're never going to be longer than them or bigger or more explosive. So how do we get to the point where we can compete with a team like that? Because you lose that game by two points, you're not walking out of there saying we need to go back to the drawing board. You're just saying they got us today. Now another Big East opponent and another team that KU hasn't faced yet this season, but a team they are familiar with, 2018, 2016 may ring a bell. Mm. Villanova is on deck for the final four matchup. So what do you say we run it back with our guy, college basketball on Fox, the field of 68, the voice of the Big East, John Fanta joins us next. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio. We'll talk to former Kansas point guard, final four participant, Rex Walters, coming up about one hour from now. I'm Nick Schwert with Andrew Payne, Kevin Meckley. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio, but KU once again for the third consecutive game, or sorry, for the third time in four games, is facing another Big East opponent. So we're running it back. The voice of the Big East. You can hear him, college basketball on Fox, as well as the Field of 68 Network. John Fanta joining us now on Jayhawk Talk Radio. John, let's just start with this matchup. Kansas, Villanova, how do you sort of, at least uh, from a 30,000-foot view, see this one playing out on Saturday? Yeah, I think that what's interesting about this matchup, first and foremost, guys, is the element of tempo. Kansas would like to get in transition. They'd like the open floor, and if they get that, they're winning this game. Kansas just outside the top 60 and Ken Palm adjusted tempo. Villanova is 345 in the country. It's really amazing. They play a 1980 style. They want to walk the ball up the floor. They want to go deep into the shot clock and they want to frustrate Kansas defensively. And they hope that that trickles into what Kansas does offensively. So these are contrasting styles. It's interesting because obviously these two teams met in the 2018 Final Four, Villanova beating the Jayhawks and route to the national championship when they beat Michigan. So there's a difference in players on the floor, but Bill Self remembers that and and surely would like to get back at Jay right here in this matchup. But I think what will be interesting to see is how does Villanova compensate without Justin Moore? They're going to play even slower, I think. They're going to rely on Jermaine Samuels, who's averaged about 17 and 8 per game in this NCAA tournament. It is crucial that Kansas matches up with Samuels and keeps him from binding space. I think it'll be an assignment for Jalen Wilson. I think you could see Christian Brown pick him up from time to time, but they have got to pick up Samuels and make sure they contain him. Cause if they don't Samuels has been very good at being that Robin to the Batman who is Gillespie. And even though Gillespie struggled against Houston, I would expect Colin Gillespie to be on his A game here in this final four matchup. So I'm interested to see what tempo this game is played at. Obviously, can Remy Martin keep it up? 
And can Kansas find a way to get easy looks? Because Villanova's only allowed 55 points per game during the NCAA tournament. You know, you mentioned the injury to Justin Moore. How do you see Villanova filling his minutes? This looks like a, a team that has really played six guys uh, throughout the year and throughout the tournament. Uh, now down to five. How do they fill those Justin Moore minutes? Yeah, I think that I don't think there's some trick up Jay Wright's sleeve. I think you're going to see that starting five play at least 30 minutes, each of them. I think you might see Chris Archidiacono or Brian Antoine get some time, but I don't think it's going to be much. So I think that this is a situation where Villanova is hoping that they're a product of their deliberate tempo and that that allows their guys to have fresh legs, enough fresh legs throughout the game. Because you're not going to find some magic formula off the bench here in this game. You know, it's not going to happen. Villanova is not a deep team. But the thing is, these four teams, it's not like their strength is, is eight or nine guys aside. You know, you cut down your rotation to a certain point. But this is a big spot for Caleb Daniels. Fun fact, he's from New Orleans. He's from this area, so he makes the homecoming this week. How does he handle that, and what does he do? Villanova's 9-2 and two in games this year in which Daniels scores in double figures. So it's going to be interesting to see how he takes on that starting role. Talk to us a little bit about the offensive identity of this team. You talked about the pace, but we, you know, taking a look at the numbers, they like to shoot a lot of threes, but, you know, slowly, <laughs> half-court offense, uh, and obviously the free-throw line is, is, a, is, a, is a real weapon for, for the Nova. Uh, the Cats, how, how, do you, how, how would you describe the offensive identity of this team? Well, it's interesting because I talk with coaches all the time. How do you prepare for Villanova? It's interesting because, guys, Villanova doesn't run a lot of set plays. They're a principle-based system offensively. So you really have to anticipate what they're going to do. And what they do is it's old-school offense. This is jump stop, ball fake. It's a beautiful style if you're looking to go back to the roots of the game. Jay Wright has a throwback feel. So they're tough to prepare for because they it's not like they're coming down and running a horn set or, or, or running ball reversals or doing something that, that's easier to prepare for. A lot of their stuff is principle-based. It's through Colin Gillespie. One big trait to Villanova's offense is they post up their guards. They will post up their guards and have them create mismatches to which they either are finishing or they're getting doubled and they're kicking it out for an open look. That's a big part of defending Villanova that Kansas has to be ready for. I foresee Jay Wright having Colin Gillespie post up Dewan Harris, post up Remy Martin to try to force Kansas's hand to then see if they can find open shooters. The guy that Kansas defensively could play off of a little bit is Brandon Slater. Slater just, he hasn't been great offensively. He's gone through ups and downs. And I think Kansas could get away with playing off of him a little bit if he's on the perimeter. Let's talk about the program a little bit. This is a Villanova team that's won two national titles since 2016. Put guys into the NBA. We've got guys who are getting All-American awards. Uh, this is the third Final Four in, in, in as many years. But what was the expectation of this team, uh, at least amongst the, the Villanova fan base and maybe in the Big East, uh, at the beginning of the year, did they expect to go to the Final Four, or is this something that's going to, you know, popped up uh, as a surprise to them? Well, I was. It's funny that you asked that, guys, because when Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels said they were coming back to Villanova, I automatically made Villanova a national championship contender, and that was the expectation. 
these guys didn't come back to Villanova to go to the Sweet 16. They came back to get to where they are, the Final Four. When they were freshmen, Villanova was in and won the national championship in 2018. And Gillespie played in the game, but he wasn't a major contributor. And Samuels and, and Demir Cosby Roundtree were in the corner of the locker room thinking, hey, I hope we could get here someday as the leaders of the program. So things have kind of come full circle for them now. I thought they would be. That, that's become the standard. You win two of the last five national titles. Your standard now, sometimes to a fault for a fan base, is to win national championships. And they're in position here. They're shorthanded this week. But the fact that they're in a third Final Four in the last six NCAA tournaments, that this small Catholic school outside of Philadelphia is doing it, it's a testament to Jay Wright and why he got honored by the Nation's Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame last fall and, and why this program has won more games than any other program in college basketball over the last 10 years. Well, they've obviously been awesome uh, in that in that 10-year run, six-year run especially. And I, I guess, you know, as we close out here, I think we did this last time as the last question. I got to ask, who you got? Who you got in this game? I've got Kansas. I, I like the Jayhawks to win this game. I think that they have more firepower in this game. I think they can handle Villanova defending. Like, I don't think Kansas is getting rattled by a defensive-style game. The key for Kansas is generating some sort of pace. If they do, they're winning this game. If they don't, then you're going to be in a situation where it's decided by two or three possessions, if not one. So I'm interested to see if Martin can keep this up. Obviously, he's had great success against uh, Creighton and Providence, a couple of those Villanova's familiar with. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see exactly how it all plays out. I think it'll be a great game. But I've got the Jayhawks beating Villanova on Saturday night. Okay, bonus question. Real fast, who you got winning the whole thing? You know, I have a gut feeling that the winner of Kansas Villanova is going to win the national championship. So I'm going to stay true to my guns, and I think that the Kansas Jayhawks are going to win it all with the way that they're defending. If they get enough complimentary shot making, they're going to win the national championship. And I do think that the Duke Carolina winner is going to come out of that thinking they just won the national title when you really have to play another game. Advantage to the winner of Nova, Kansas, in that you play the earlier game, you're in the less hyped game, you don't have to go through all the media buzz, because the winner of that game Saturday night will be at the arena till after midnight with media buzz, and then they'll be in the news cycle the next day. The psychological factor there should not be underestimated. So I'll pick Kansas to win it all. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you very much, John. We appreciate you coming on. Have fun there down in New Orleans, all right? Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. We appreciate you. Okay, that is John Fanta, college basketball on Fox, a guy who knows the Big East more than just about anybody, and he's picking Kansas not just to win Saturday, but to win the whole damn thing. He just keeps picking against them. I mean, he picked for he picked Kansas last time. I, I think he probably would have picked Kansas against uh, against Creighton. Probably would have picked Kansas. Uh, are we going to win this Big East national title again, or Big East conference title? John Fanta <laughs> just keeps picking it. I this swear, is uh, John Fanta is our, our 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 sage. He is our prophet. I he like is John Fanta. Winners. John Fanta's picking winners here. I like John. John just keeps. He just said we're going to win the national championship. That's from John Fanta. That's the voice. That's the voice of the Big East. You know, How do you feel about that, Big East? I don't know. None of this makes any sense. I still can't wrap my head around this being the year where it's like, wait a minute. Wait, this is going to be the year that 
It was going to win. Weird. It does feel like a little weird. We should talk about that in a little bit. Something. I want to get to that. We're going to win. We're okay. Gonna win. This is okay. it. This is it. All right. Well, you called the blowout last week, and well, that was you called the blowout against Providence. I, did. I was just I was wrong on the game, <laughs> but I was right on the concept. A little early. A little early <laughs> on the okay. blowout predictions. Well, the competition is going to be a significant step up when it comes to Villanova on Saturday. So let's get to know the Wildcats a little bit more. We'll do that coming up next. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio. Jayhawk Talk Radio on 610 Sports Radio with Andrew Payne, Kevin Meckley. I'm Nick Schwartz, Nolan Brooks on the other side of the glass. We're going to talk to Rex Walters coming up here in about uh, 30 minutes or so. We've also got our first time on the radio program, but a bit of a, a running, I don't want to call it a bit because it's not a bit, it's very serious, but we have a, a musical discussion and debut for the radio program coming up here in a little bit. Do you want to give it any more of a tease than that, Kevin? If anybody's been following on on Twitter, they've probably seen it, but yeah, there's a, you know, this time of year, you want to get hyped with some music about what's going on. And what I tried to do was give back to the people with a little tune. Okay. That's all you need to know. And that's coming your way here in about 20 minutes or so. But first I want to talk about Villanova because I know a lot of Kansas fans have a bad taste in their mouth and maybe feel um, a little snake bitten from Villanova over the years. You remember 2016, you remember the buzzsaw in 2018. This team is not, those teams, but the way they want to play Andrew is stylistically very similar to what you would come to expect from a uh, Jay Wright coached Villanova team. Right. As much as we hate to admit this Villanova is a blue blood style program where they just plug and play. They go, they have a program where this is how they're going to play. They get new dudes in every year and they're going to be competitive every year. I want to give you a little bit of context since 2016, They've won two national championships, been to, you know, this is the third final four. They put all Americans, they got NBA draft picks. They've won five out of seven conference titles, uh, tournament titles, seven out of nine regular season titles. They've developed these little known players uh, who barely played their freshman year, like Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels into all American caliber players. This is basically blue blood stuff. This is Kansas stuff plus two national titles. This is more than what we've done. Where do you guys fall in the Villanova blue blood stuff? I usually stay away from that conversation. I don't care. I, I can't care. I, you cannot force I yourself just, to care at all. I just don't. Like, because then it just brings up, well, is Indiana a blue blood? Well, is UCLA no, they're not. a blue blood? Yes, they are. Well, is Michigan State a new blood? Or is Baylor a new blood? A blue blood, new blood? I don't care. These, I, these are just words. But uh, right <laughs> now. Well, what are we doing here? All right, let's just wrap it up. <laughs> let's just sing a Vill- song. Oh. Ultimately, like beyond words, Villanova is one of the best programs in college basketball. Over the past how long is a fair question. Yeah, I think to be a blue blood, you got to have multiple decades. And there's got to be more than just wins. Like with Kansas, you have James Naismith. You have Allen Fieldhouse. You have Wilt Chamberlain. You, you have Fog Allen. You need to have lore. You need to have dudes. You need to have things yeah. people remember about it. They've got 85 against Georgetown. 85. That's, that's and a then big three team. decades that's yeah. of irrelevance. But they're working on it. But they're, they're working yeah, on it. You can't, uh, uh, you can't knock them for trying. They're not no, a good no. decade. But well, all I'm saying is that this is a program. This is a team. It that, is a program that that resembles us in many ways. Jay, it, Jay Wright has been. I mean, you, you you can figure out any metric you want, but 
I don't know about you, Andrew. We always kept kept a short list. We always talked about who would you want? God forbid. He elevated past that short list, didn't he? I think he has. Oh, he like yeah. for He's, a long time though. He was he was number one on our short list. A lot of people had him up there. I know I did. I've always loved Jay Wright, but he's cemented where he is now. Now I don't think he's going to leave. 10, 15 years ago, that may have been a different question. Jay Wright's too good for a public school. The only place Mm. he would go would be Duke, a fellow private school, but they've already got their guy in place. Oh, well, okay. I I don't know if that's true. Well, I don't know if he's too good for a public school. Is Villanova the Duke of the the Northeast? I don't. They're their own thing. I mean, they're their own juggernaut in the Big East. Does anyone hate Villanova? Not yet. They yeah, big, give it another decade. They probably aspire, just they, they aspire to that hatred. Like yeah. when, they, when you have a bunch of like Villanova haters, that you know you've made it. But Maybe I don't hate Jay Wright. Here though. we go though. Maybe that is your. You would hate them if they win on Saturday. I don't think I would hate Jay Wright. I respect that. How many times would Kansas need to lose to Villanova in the tournament for you to hate that man? I mean, I think we would have something to do with losing that game. <laughs> maybe, I, I don't blame Jay Wright for them making 19 three-pointers. Maybe you measure a blue blood by the amount of haters they have. You like, know what? That's great. Because that. it's like, you know, everybody, like, oh, they win too much. So, like, they develop. It's kind of like a New England Patriot type of thing. Like, the, at the beginning, it was like, oh, that's That's why that's I feel cute. like Indiana has fallen out of blue blood status because who hates Indiana anymore? It's more. Who of are a, they really bu- bugging? They're you know, they're not, <laughs> leave them alone. A spunky upstart. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> lost that. As for this Villanova team, this is not the same team. Like I think when you think of Villanova, you think, okay, they shoot 42% from three. They've got five guys on the floor who can all shoot threes. They've got big guys who are roving, knocking down jumpers. It's not quite that team from like 2018, but it's a team that aspires to play that way because stylistically, they're very similar. They still want to shoot a lot of threes. And if you've watched them at all this year, they're actually really fun to watch. Like John Fanta was just telling us, like it's, it's, it's pretty innovative what Jay Wright is doing. And if you watch them play, that's why people love Jay Wright, because what he does offensively is really, really fun to watch where he takes these guards and he puts them in the post. And you got Colin Gillespie, who's just slinging the ball across the court to open three point shooters in the corner. There's very little that Kansas is going to be able to do, or any, anybody for that matter, to slow down or take Nova out of their style of play, which is what makes them a very good program. It makes them tough to defeat is that they're going to do what they want to do. They're going to play slow. They're not going to turn the ball over, and they're going to shoot a three on almost every possession. That is sort of the Cliff Notes version of what Villanova likes to do. And they've made it work. I mean, their top 10 Ken Palm offense, top 20, I think, Ken Palm defense. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, they are, even though you're right, they don't even pretend to, like, shoot two-pointers. They rank <laughs> 351st in the country in two-point attempts. How about that? That's near the bottom. I think there's only, like, 357. There you go. A handful of schools that's below that. They are not good on the defensive glass. Uh, not a shot-blocking team. That makes you feel a little maybe good about two things that, that KU can excel in. You worried about shot blocker worried about, but they don't even let you get there. Like usually shot blocking is your like emergency release valve. They don't even let you get close to the basket uh, to even get to the point of a shot blocking. So that, that could be a sign of a good defensive sure. team. Uh, but you know, a couple of things and you talked about it, Nick is this team plays so slow, you know, in contrast to how, 
the Jayhawks are going to want to play. And really, in contrast to the other two teams on the other side of the bracket, those are that's probably the biggest distinguisher between those the three teams and and Villanova is is they play like Virginia. I mean, talking about Virginia, this is a a team that's going to wait till the end uh, of the shot clock, and I think that that probably is what they're going to want to do in this game because. If you have a ton of possessions, if you have 75 possessions in this game, that's going to benefit KU. Who wants be, to play fast? Right. We're going yeah. to want to run, and we're going to be probably more athletic than them. The more possessions, the better. But if they slow that down, get some key stops, that could be, you know, as John Fanta said, if this comes down to a couple-point game at the end, they're going to have a shot. And I think we all know this by now. It's much easier for the team that wants to play slow, dictate the pace of the game than it is for the team to play yeah, fast. It is. If they're making shots, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, that, I think that's yeah. really what it comes and down to. And they're going to take shots. And they're going to take a lot of them. But we've seen this kind of team before. I mean, there's there's teams in the Big 12 that are slow pace too. I mean, Texas is one of the slowest paces. TCU is slow. Uh, I mean, there, there are Texas Tech is slow. All these, I guess yeah, all Texas is one of the slower teams, and they they rank three hundred and thirty sixth. There you in go, tempo. five spots apart or whatever. And so, Texas, but to be fair, Texas gave Kansas fits both times they played. Absolutely, and so, so did DCU. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I, again, this is a this is a game that I think John is right. If there are transition buckets to be had by KU, you got to feel really good about KU's chances. And the. The, the headline for Villanova right now is against Houston, Justin Moore, who might be their best player, one of their most important players, averaging 15 points a game, one of their top three-point shooters, taking about six a game, ruptured his Achilles. He's out. Simply, he is impossible for them to replace. They're not a deep team. They only play about six deep. No, 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 not, not about six. They play six. They play six. They, they play just, six just guys. Play six. <laughs> and Justin Moore had only been on the bench for four minutes last weekend in those two games. So you're not manufacturing that production. doesn't matter what you do. You're just going to go five deep now. Like the five starters for Villanova are going to play 36 to 40 minutes. You talk about his points, but he's second in the team in assists, third in rebounds. I mean, he's he was a, an absolute key player, led in minutes, as you mentioned. I mean, a I lot mean, like CB. Like, yeah. Imagine trying to replace CB. We've, we've got some some bench stuff going on, but like trying to replace his rebounding, trying to replace his assists, trying to replace his scoring and defense, that's going to be a big role. And you know what? It's not like they have a magical guy who's going to come in and start. No, and that's why I think a lot of people around the country are picking Kansas. It's because you're not, you don't have the depth to just say, okay, next man up. But I still don't think it's going to change how Villanova plays. Like they're still going to, they're just going to have a worse player in there doing what he did or a player less suited to do what he did. They're still going to have four guys on the court who want to shoot threes. They're going to move the ball around. They're going to try and milk the clock as long as they possibly can. And that is basically Jay Wright's philosophy is year in, year out. We may not have the same personnel we had in 2018, but we're going to run the same stuff. And if we happen to get hot, that's how we win the game. One weapon they got. And we've talked about this on this program like a month ago because we were sitting here watching this little tiny screen you guys have in this place. We're talking well, about there's the two tiny screens, so together they make one pretty average We were making Bob Huggins jokes screen. about how, how small the TVs were in the locker room. And we were watching the end of a Villanova game because your boy had a nine-team parlay about to hit. And I needed Villanova to make two free throws. And they flash across the screen. They're the best free throw shooting team ever. And that's not hyperbole. <laughs> Literally ever. 
82% as a 83% as a team. Now, good news. They made both shots and I won the bet, but it, it, we learned at that point that that is a weapon for them in a close game late. And what did KU do in this game? The Miami game that made you a little nervous. One of the worst free throw performances ever. And it's not quite these, on 03 Syracuse yeah, we've levels. Had, yeah. We've had some, some moments in the postseason that scare you like crazy, but uh, right now, the funniest part, or not funny, the scary part, Villanova has actually been better than 83% in the tournament. They're shooting 90% as a team from the free throw line in the NCAA tournament. Any guesses what KU's shooting? Probably better than you. They, they had, had a, that the, one good game. Yeah, they had that one good game. 16. I would guess like 75%. 67. Okay. okay. That's lower than I thought, but I guess when you go 50% for one game, that'll, that'll drop the numbers. By the way, if you want to join the show... The Jays Southland Toast Service text line 913-576-7610 from the 913. Sure, they don't have that guy to replace him, but whoever does will end up hitting 45 threes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Say it now. Say it now. Get it all out. That way we jinx Villanova, and therefore they can't hit 45 threes. Get it all out. By the way, Villanova did take 40 threes and it went over Syracuse early oh this year. God. 50 threes. 50 threes. 50. In one game. So the, the 2018, they hit 18. But they didn't hit 50, but they shot 50. And that so seems almost it seems almost impossible to hit 50, to, to shoot 50 Almost threes. half their shots are threes like yeah. as, on the season. That is what they do. All right, we'll talk more about this game with Rex Walters, former Kansas point guard, coming up at about 7.15. Up next, the radio, the terrestrial radio debut of Remy Diggity. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio. Yeah. I like the play. No dickity, no doubt. Play on, play on. So during the break, Kevin turned to Andrew and I, and he started doing the hums. Do you want to do it real quick? Mm-hmm. And he said, <laughs> "That's on key. That's on key. I can, I can guarantee it." But we don't have any way to cross-check that, do I we? S- I swear to you, it was. Okay, but how are how are we supposed to fact-check that? I. Whatever you want. Just take your word I, for it. I was very, very, <laughs> very, very confident about this. Well, it would make sense that you you know that key because you are familiar with that song. You you have a, a musical background on the Jayhawk Talk podcast. So for the radio listeners who are not familiar with uh, the musical stylings of Jayhawk Talk, what's sort of the four one one? Well. We are, if anything, fans of Kansas basketball, but almost as importantly, fans of the music of Kansas basketball. So you used to have these rap songs that would come out like every couple of years that would be KU related. Does every program I, have these? I don't know. I don't Is this unique so. to us? I don't, I, I, and, I, you know, so we started putting these playlists together for Final Fours, and we have one out. But I, I think at some point a, must co- listen, by the way. a couple of years ago, we were – frustrated with the amount of KU songs out there. So Kevin just started making songs and I want to just get to this. Now, Kevin has made a song for this final four that I think is very important for you all to hear. Kevin, give us some background. Oh, the background is a day ago. You texted me and said, (laughs) are you going to do a song? And I said, I don't know. Do you want to? And you said, yeah, like, let's figure it out right now. And we wrote it in about 30 minutes. Uh, I recorded a really, really nasty version of it. Like, it wasn't very good. Thought about it overnight, recorded it in the morning, and it was done. That's it. That's what happened. But we think it turned out pretty good. Okay, so the name of this song is? It's Remy Diggity, I think. We haven't really come to a conclusion on this. We're going to call it Remy Diggity. It is set to an acoustic version of No Diggity, which we bumped in on. Okay. Is it time? 
I think it's time. Let's uh, do it. I think All you're right. going to like it. The Terrestrial Radio World Premiere. Remy Diggity. Like magic, no doubt, he'd be pumping up the crowd as long as his credit can vouch the canes couldn't knock his team out. Tell me who can stop him, he making moves, attracting rings like a magnet, climbing up ladders with his fellow draft picks, still moving his flavor with his homies, old Chai and CB, the original rim shaker, rimming it down. Good lord, three pointers open all over town. Strictly switch, he don't play around, cover much ground, got game by the pound. Heat and trade is his forte, each and every day, true play away. He's been Twitter maligned, wow, post-game shoot-around grind, wow, wow. West side to the wheat side, first tweet pride, it's no surprise. NIL deals he smashed, stacking up the cash, Camry's nice on the gas. By no means average, he's on when he's got to have it. Remy, our team's down 10, we gotta win. Under 16, can you please check in? I like the way you're working, no diggity. Got to bag it up, I like the way you're working, no diggity. Got to bag it up, bag it up, I like the way you're working, y'all dig Remy's gonna bag it up, I like the way you're working. Midwest MOP, he done bagged it up. He's going to class and style. Mastery is getting wild. Remy never not smile. Top of the key with that blow by. Catching losses is a no. Let me tell you how it goes. Wanted a banner, so he transferred. Final four, five, but a champ is better. Oh! Rolling with the fogness, alley you pass, can you stop there? Nope. He's gonna break the play, back door to Oach is on its way, y'all. I like the way you're working, rock chalk all day, every day, yeah. You're blowing my mind, dropping that dime, jersey in the Raptors for all the time. I like the way you're working, no diggity, got to bag it up. I like the way you're working, no diggity. I like the way you're working. Y'all dig me gonna bag it up. I like the way you're working. Midwest MOP, he done bagged it up. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, that knee looks good. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo, we got to bag it up. We 
There you have it. <laughs> the radio world premiere of Remy Diggity as performed by Kevin Meckley, written by Kevin Meckley and Andrew Payne. I want to get one question to you, Kevin. So when <laughs> yeah. you wrote the song about uh, Mitch Lightfoot, Mitch loved it. When you wrote the song about Hunter Mickelson, we got radio silence. We didn't hear anything <laughs> about from Hunter Mickelson. Have you heard anything from Remy yet? No, but I have heard from Mitch, who does like it. Okay. What did, what, wait, what did Mitch say? Can you Mitch reveal? Said, quote, this is gold. Wow. And then retweeted it. Incredible. Yeah. I don't think Remy is on social media. I don't think so. We've got to find smart. a way to get this to good him. Good for him. Probably good. Good for him. <laughs> Let us know what you think on the Jay's Southland Toes service text line, 913-576-7610. Uh, some of the comments are good. We'll read some of those coming up on the other side. We got Rex Walters joining us in 15 minutes. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio. All right, Rex Walters is going to join us coming up here in about 10 minutes. Former Kansas point guard uh, doing some work with Westwood One Radio. He's been calling games on ESPN Plus. So it'll be fun to talk to Rex. Final four participant back in 1992. Three? three? Yeah, of course, three. Uh, the text line, Kevin, they're saying that you snap. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio. And on the other side, we just debuted on radio uh, Remy Diggity, which is Kevin's ode to this Final Four team. Is that an accurate description of what yeah, that song was? I think so. I think we needed to, to make a, a musical representation of the Remy run and what he has meant for this program. We would not be in the Final Four but for Remy. And as, they, as, as most artists say, you only own the work until you release it to the world. And once you release it to the world, your work now belongs to the consumer, the Consider audience. Consider it my gift. And according to the Jay's Southland Toast Service text line, 913-576-7610, an overwhelmingly positive response from the listeners. Yep. People want to know where they can find Remy Diggity. Well, right now, you can find it on YouTube. <laughs> Follow at Jayhawk Talk. We've been talking about it on there. You can go find it on Twitter. So if we win the national championship, Kevin and I were talking about, are we going to go down to Mass Street? Will you go down to Mass Street with your acoustic guitar? Oh, man. And do uh, a, a song for the people. The if people you do, are... you'll get interviewed on TV. I there would... will be a television camera if that will pick you If we win the national title, I will do a live performance of Remy Diggity. There you go. You heard it here, folks. First, folks, uh, th this I, I just want to say this is very impressive. This is you've done a couple songs and they've all been good. But this one is taking your work to the next level. I think that this is one that uh, I'm reading the text line here. There's there are people who are ready to run through a wall right now. This is getting people jacked up for this game. Kevin. This is what this is what we're, this is what we're here for. Right. We talk about all season long. We shine in the biggest moments. The final four. What do you come to Jayhawk talk for? You come for fan lore and fans getting excited for this thing. And what do we bring? We bring content. We bring this music. We bring the playlist. We bring all kinds of superstition lore. We, we, we are, I feel like we're the keepers of some of this stuff. We got to bring it to the people. And we'll replay that song. For anybody who may have missed it, we'll replay that uh, coming up later on in the show. We got a three-hour show tonight, boys. This is the longest show we've ever so done, good. and it feels right. It feels like the right thing to do. With Kansas headed to New Orleans. They got to New Orleans today, facing off against Nova 
Final Four, and if they win, they would take on the winner of North Carolina Duke, perhaps the most anticipated Final Four game ever. I don't know. I've only lived through about 30 of them, but I can't imagine one. I mean, that just has every single circumstance that you would need to make a historic Final Four game. You know, it's they've never met. Duke, North Carolina have never met so in, crazy. in the Final Four. I mean, or in, in, the, the, in the tournament. Yeah. In the tournament. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, when have we ever faced, you know, a Big 12 opponent in, in the, the, the tournament? Like, Oklahoma. not very often. So, like, but these are two teams that regularly go far in the tournament. So you think it would have happened. And then you add into that potentially Coach K's last game. Uh, you know, his last run. It better be. <laughs> well, I mean, it kiss, you add that element to it. Like, you know, you got the general population who are, are taking sides on Coach K. But, like, people are, you know, rooting for him. I was like, oh, you even saw someone like Drew Gooden out there saying, like, oh. He came back uh, he on did, that, by the way. He did, you know, importantly, he did come back on that. But you had that sentiment. Like, oh, this is Coach K's last last run. So it's going to build out to, like, a, it's a heavyweight fight. And it seems like we're the undercard and i like that i love being in the undercard this is great like if we win that game first of all it's gonna be great anyway but then we get to sit back and watch unc and duke play which is pretty cool anyway and just trade blows you know like that game those guys are gonna be so freaking worked up emotional i mean think of the way that they played in, in k's last game at duke i mean they were a tight mess. It was disastrous. It was hard basketball to watch. This is probably going to elevate that even more. I it's great. And and to John Vanda's point, he's like, they're going to be emotionally just drained after that and tired. Cause it's late. That's going to be a come down after that. Game. It has to be. Knowing that human nature is going to factor. And if you're Duke, you're saying, okay, we got to get revenge for losing coach K's final game in Cameron. And for both of those teams, there's just like this added pressure of you're already gearing up for a final four and you happen to be going up, not just against your biggest rival, but understanding this is the biggest rivalry in college basketball too. The the only thing that feels comparable and it's kind of weird. And this is, this will be relatable to KU is when we played North Carolina, when Roy Williams has left, right? You're playing against Carolina in the biggest game. Both teams are going to have. And the after, you know, after the afterwards, it's like, wow, we got through Roy Williams, North Carolina. Then he wears the sticker, right? He wears the sticker and cheers for us, which that's when everybody I think got over Roy was the sticker. But that felt like sort of a, that was the biggest game to get past Roy. And then, you know, then you played Memphis, who's obviously really good. But right. be- because of everything you just laid out, is this not the best opportunity that Bill Self will ever have to cement his legacy as one of the 10, 15 greatest coaches, because there's what 16, I think there's 16 coaches ever to win more than one national champ or 15. He would become 16 if he were to win the national championship this year. And given the uncertainty of the next couple of seasons with the NCAA investigation looming, given the fact that you're in the final four and you look around the other four teams and while the, yeah, the three other three teams, they're blue bloods, great programs, great coaches, None of those teams look like, I mean, K will be favorite against any of them. I saw a sheet today that K will be the favorite if they win against any team that they would play. This is the opportunity for Bill Self to cement his legacy and his status as one of the greatest to ever do it. I think you're right. I mean, we've had these opportunities before. You know, you think of, you know, 2010, like that team was a juggernaut. Even 2020, that team was a juggernaut. And this is, it feels a lot like that, except we're here. 
and we have it in front of us. And, and, you know, Bill Self was asked about that today, and he really deferred and he put it onto the program saying, you know, this is an opportunity for this program to be considered among those other ones to get that, that another, another title, to get that, get that win under. But he may not want to talk about him, but we will for, for a few, few brief moments. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's in the College Basketball Hall of Fame. So there's like, what else can you accomplish? He's got to get, get more. another title. He's got to get another tour, him to be considered in that echelon. We've seen him do it. He's done things for this program that are seemingly unimaginable. How do you win 14 straight conference titles? That just doesn't happen. How do you have the same amount of conference championships as home losses? That just doesn't happen. But But this is the one thing that is missing. Exactly. Yes. But you win all those games. You have all those one seeds. You have all those awesome teams. You got to pull got, through. It has been 14 years. But think how long, think what we were doing in 2008. I thought about that the other day. What were you doing in 2008? I was a junior in high school. It's been 10 years since we've been at this game. If we win, if we, if we beat Nova. 10 years since we've been in the championship game. And both, all three of these teams have won championships since then. We're the, we're the most due of, of everybody left. Some of them multiple. It's time. Yes, it, it matters, I think, for more than, you know, I mean, whatever. I mean, is, is Bill Self, does he need to compare against anybody? Whatever. If you're, if you're a Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of Famer. But he, he needs this. History, history needs- would tell you you're not getting back to this for a couple of years. K- KU. Happens once every four or five seasons. It's hard. Maybe. I, I've said this a zillion times, but I sometimes wish that the NCAA tournament was like football where you just pick the four best teams and they go out and play two games and whoever wins that mini tournament gets a national championship banner. Cause you know how many freaking banners we would have in Allen Fieldhouse? Because we've been the among the four best teams a lot more times than we've been to the final four. And so that is that this is when you get here, you cannot waste it because it doesn't happen that often. And we've got, you know, looming potential sanctions or, yeah, or things side. coming up that, you know, can we see ourselves in this position next year? It's going to be a younger team with a kind of a cloud of, you know, whether we're going to be allowed to play next year. Uh, so, like, this is the opportunity and you have to seize it. This and this, I think, you know, beyond all this external pressure, this is the best team in the tournament right now. They just have to go show it. Let's talk more about it. Former Kansas point guard. Rex Walters is going to join the show on the other side. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio on 610 Sports Radio. I am Nick Schwert with Kevin Meckley, Andrew Payne, Nolan Brooks producing this thing. And excited for our next guest, we have got a, a great Final Four coming up in New Orleans. A Blue Blood Final Four. Non-Blue Bloods need not apply. So let's talk about a college basketball's dream come true with Rex Walters, former Kansas Jayhawks point guard, also has some Final Four experience. He's coached at, at the college, at the collegiate level and the NBA. He's also doing some broadcasting with Westwood One this year, as well as ESPN+. Plus. Rex joins us now on Jayhawk Talk Radio. Rex, what's up, man? What's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for talking to us. We were excited to uh, get your perspective because, as I, as I mentioned there in the intro, you've got – a lot of varying perspectives as a coach, as a player, as a broadcaster, but just your sort of general outlook on this Final Four with four incredible programs duking it out for a national title this weekend. Yeah, no, this is a great Final Four, teams that are different in, in, in a lot of ways. When you talk about Duke, you're talking about NBA talent. 
the size, the skill, the athleticism, the body types. When you talk about Duke, you talk about then a rookie coach going against a veteran retiring coach. When you talk about the University of North Carolina, changing a little bit of their style of play, getting away from some secondary break, getting away from big bigs and, and really going more four out, one in. Then you talk about Villanova, the job that Jay Wright does every single year with his team, really fundamentally sound. They don't beat themselves. They do a great job on the defensive end, and they kind of cut you apart over the course of the day, over the course of a game. And then you've got KU and the job that Bill Self has done. He's got potentially a, a national player of the year in O'Shea Obaji. He's got a great Robin and Christian Braun. He's been able to mend all of these new players. And, yes, he's got a lot of returning players as well, but he's really done a phenomenal job with this team. And, and, and we've got to talk about that Elite Eight game, that second half by KU, where they just completely, it just everything exploded in terms of their performance against Miami. It was, must have been a great halftime speech because all of a sudden KU looked calm, focused, and ready to take care of business to earn and punch their ticket to New Orleans. Rex, you know, you were a pretty consistent scorer uh, at KU, and I don't know if you know this, but in the postseason, you averaged exactly 20 points per game. And we got a guy you just mentioned in Ochai who has also been a very, very consistent scorer throughout the, the regular season, but has been in somewhat of a slump in this postseason, maybe dating back a, even even further than that. What what advice do you have? What, what, what would you tell if you were coaching Ochai right now, or if you were talking to him, what, what would you say to him? Well, first of all, he needs no advice from me. He's got, <laughs> he's got a great staff and coach. But what I'll say this is play through the wash. And that means understand you're a better player on your second and third touch, that every defense is focused towards you. I think as you make your teammates better, your looks get better. You're, when you screen and, and space the floor, when you play inside out, when you let the game come to you, Right. And really, I always say this, defend, rebound at a high level, and then you kind of get lost in the game. And that's what he needs to do. The best advice for me from Coach Williams when we're playing Indiana, he said, Rex, you can, sometimes you can want so, something so much you can squeeze the life out of it. And I wasn't having a great game, but when I went back in after that advice, I was now playing about, hey, the purpose of making everybody better the ball will come back to me, and then that's how we really, you know, I thought it was great advice that gave us a, an edge against Indiana to punch our ticket. So hopefully O'Shea can do that as he gets to New Orleans. And Rex, you're no stranger to the Final Four in New Orleans, but I kind of want to know, how is the Final Four different from the rest of the tournament? Because it can't just be another game. No, it's not just another game. Everything, and especially what I realized when we played North Carolina, just how good the teams were at that point in 93 was us, North Carolina, Michigan, and Kentucky. The physicality of North Carolina was really, really good, which we had not faced before. I think all of these teams will, will see that as they get in these games. It's a different game. The run out from the, from the locker room is a lot longer, right? The timeouts are different. The fanfare and the crowd is different playing in a dome. And we were fortunate to play in a, a dome before that but it's different. And then also uh, you have to put aside the fact that, yes, you are a regional champion, but you're trying to put, to put together your best game 
in order for you to get a chance to play on Monday. We were pretty good for a long time against North Carolina, but when it mattered the most, we weren't able to get it done, and then it's over. And so, yes, there's a finality to it. You've achieved great things, but you've got to put together another great performance against the team that's playing the best basketball of, the, of all the teams in the nation. There's only four still left, and they have those same dreams and aspirations, and it's going to come down to who's going to be tougher, who's going to be more together, who's going to be playing to their greatness in order to get to Monday. Talking to Rex Walters here on Jayhawk Talk Radio, 610 Sports Radio. Rex, Bill Self's already Hall of Famer. He's already got the one national championship. This is his fourth Final Four appearance. Top five coach in college basketball. Like Everybody knows Bill Self is one of the best in college basketball. But, but getting that second title, I would think, would have to cement his legacy. What do you think getting championship number two would do for Bill Self and his legacy? Well, he's already a legend. He's already a Hall of Famer. He's already, you know, going to be a face of Kansas basketball long after his days are over. But if you just look at the number of coaches that have won a national championship and then won another, that takes you to a whole nother level in the eyes of the nation, in the, in the eyes of your university, and, and just accomplishing something that just doesn't happen very often for a second time. There's so difficult to get the first one. Some coaches never experienced. Some coaches never experienced a Final Four. Now this guy has a chance to come out of this thing Monday night with two in his hand. And so yes, that takes him to a whole nother level. And talking when talking about the great, great coaches, and he's done it in different ways. He's had great, great talent. This team has really good talent, but not like his first championship. I have to say it. I mean, they were loaded, loaded on that first championship against Memphis. And so this takes them to a whole nother. And it talks about the greatness of his coaching and his ability to adjust to his personnel. All right. So you've watched these teams all year, um, doing some of your broadcasting as well. What's your, what's your analysis on this game? Uh, let's start with the Villanova game. Do you, do you, what's your prediction analysis is particularly in that matchup? Well, the worst thing that could have happened to Villanova happened. They lose their second leading score in Justin Moore. Uh, they're going to have to have someone step up. They play really about seven guys. They're going to need someone to step into that situation. They've got three top 100 guys that aren't playing a whole lot or they haven't counted on a whole lot that have to step into a role where they can produce at a much higher level. So whether that's Archie Biacono, Jordan Lajingo, uh, you know, Brian Antoine, any of those guys need to give them some really solid minutes, whether it's five to 10 minutes or a little bit more where they can still compete. Now they're a team. And when I say a team, they defend at a very high level and they constantly are working towards great and great efficient offense. So they never beat themselves. They're going to have to find a way for someone to step into a role and help them make up for a guy that gives them 15 points, five rebounds and, and two-and-a-half assists. So that's a big challenge for them, but I don't think that they're going to be too worried once they get in the game. They've had great success against Kansas, and so now Kansas on the other end, they need to understand, number one, nothing will be easy against Villanova. You're going to have to beat them not just once, but two and three times, right, because they are a team defense. They're going to protect the rim. They're going to protect the paint. You're going to have to continue to play inside out and work for, work for good 
to great shots every possession, and then know defensively, again, when you're on defense, they don't beat themselves. you got to be willing to guard multiple actions over and over again and have the discipline so that when you do get the ball, right, you're going to attack and get high-quality shots, whether that's in transition, which doesn't happen a lot, or playing through multiple actions as well. This, is, this could be a great game because they're two really well-coached teams and two teams that are all about the team. You know, one last thing before we get out of here. If I were to tell you that they were making a blue chips two, would you be in on returning? Yeah, if I could coach, I think the coaches probably get paid a heck of a lot more than some of the actors. <laughs> he, he made more money than Shaq and, and Penny on that movie. So, yeah, if they got a coaching spot for me, I'm all for it. All right. Well, let's we'll see what we can do here. We'll work on that. We'll make some calls. <laughs> Hey, Rex. Yeah, man. We appreciate you. It's good to catch up with you. Thank you so much for joining us for a couple minutes tonight, man. Uh, You guys are the best. Rock, Chuck, Jayhawk, go KU. Yes, sir. Thank you, Rex. That is Rex Walters, former Kansas point guard. Got some Final Four experience. Man, 10-year-old me feels so good right now. I loved Rex Walters. What is with New Orleans and KU? I don't know. What's the connection there? Whatever. We just are drawn to it. We need to get a win, though. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get the monkey off get our back voodoo. in New Orleans. Look still... at that voodoo. Yeah. Do we know the site of the 19, uh, you know, KU won 88 in Kansas City. They won 2008 in San Antonio. Where they win the 52 title? Who's got that? Who's got that recall? At that point, there had to have been like one, one or two sites that they just rotated to, and they had to have been five miles away did, from did each Did Holmes other. have locations? <laughs> can we, can we, it can was we ask the Holmes Foundation? Seattle. They, they won in 52 in Seattle? That's right. Okay, I don't think that's in the regular rotation anymore. Not anymore. I, I mean, these West say. Coast places. N- neither is Kansas City. You know, Kansas City has hosted the most college basketball national championships. How about that? And that concludes uh, Final Four. <laughs> that's all you got? Final Four notes, yeah. That's all you got? That's the one note I had. I didn't prepare nearly as much as I should have. But one guy who has been prepared all postseason long, Remy Martin. What a godsend for the Jayhawks he's been. We're going to talk about Remy next. We don't talk about Bruce. Talk Radio, 610 Sports Radio, with Andrew Payne, Kevin Meckley, Nolan Brooks. I am Nick Schwert. We don't talk about Bruno, made famous by the Disney film Encanto. Encanto. Is it still the number one song in the world? I don't know. I don't know. Sure. It's very popular. It's got replaced by Remy Diggity. Yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> if it hasn't yet, well, once the second we figure out how to get it uploaded to the music streaming platforms, it Top will, the then, it just it will only be a matter of time. Isn't that how it works? You just like put it out there and yeah. then it happens? Yeah, this isn't 1990 anymore. Oh, huh. Digital streaming services and things of that nature. But nonetheless, uh, <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno was played on the first edition of Jayhawk Talk Radio. This was... Oh, when did we start doing this? End of February. Okay, so about a month and a half ago. Think about that. Six weeks ago, we played that song because... Uh, quick version of the, the reason for that song is from Encanto. They don't talk about it because... Why? Why don't, why don't they talk about Bruno? Here we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is it doesn't matter. 
you know what? You know what? They just it don't. doesn't matter. Yeah, All that matters don't talk is about him. They, they don't talk about him. They, they, they say they don't talk about him, but then they actually do talk about him. Yeah, so it comes back. He's the hero. I love this, Andrew, because when we first debuted this song, you hadn't heard it yet. And now you're you the most you're the most educated now on it. The, the now you're us. a Kato guy. No, you guys are the ones who told me. I'm just the ones who, All are, right. who I remember. Here's the thing. Here's what I do know. He comes back to save the day. Okay. okay. So that's important to know. Yeah. But at that point in time, Remy Martin was either not playing or he was bad. And we were at the point as a fan base where we were winning good games. Like we were, we were blowing out Baylor. We were, had recovered from this Kentucky loss and we had a really good February, but we had that really good February without contributions from Remy Martin. So we were a fan base saying, you know, do we need Remy? And so, we were just having all the success, but all anybody wanted to talk about was Remy. We and were only halfway through yeah, the movie. Yeah, no, because remember we went 0-2 the first two weeks we did the show. That was the back-to-back losses to Baylor and TCU. And we were a little worried. <laughs> we were getting superstitious. <laughs> that something we had done. Now, I will say this. Ever since then, now, how many Final Fours have we? We're, we're about a hundred, a thousand mm. on Final Fours since we mm. started this. Interesting. Put mm. us in the Hall of Fame. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Give us zone. the Marconi. But it's I, a radio okay. award. Okay. It's very prestigious. Okay, okay. Sure, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you say. We're probably going to win that. Uh, <laughs> but but we say all that to say, six weeks ago, Remy Martin was. I mean, he was talked about, but he was pretty much an afterthought. And now. He carried us to a Final Four. He was named most outstanding player of the Midwest. He has become the player that we were promised a year ago. So we can talk about Remy now. We can I talk, about, we can Remy. talk well, about Remy. Let's just the rest of the time. We're going to talk about Remy. You made a song about Remy. I made a song about just, Remy. Like that's, it, this wasn't even imaginable a month ago. This player came really out of nowhere. Like We, we thought it was going to come. And then we thought it was going to come, and then he got hurt. And we thought it was going to come, and then, you know, really, Big 12 tournament? Here this he is was. the preseason Big 12 player of the year, you might recall. I mean, he's he's having the storybook ending to yeah. his college career. And I don't say that to be cliche. I say it because we – I think we overuse that phrase in sports. Oh, the storybook ending. Like Coach K, like on the precipice of having the storybook ending to his coaching career. Very rarely do we get the storybook ending. We talk about it. How cool would that be if that happened? How cool would it be if Remy Martin came back in the postseason and played his best basketball in a Kansas uniform when the lights were brightest? He already has. I mean, we we kind of have the storybook ending. Now we just need to now we just need to to, to to finish it. And he was, I mean, we don't don't oversell it. Like he or undersell it. He was the reason we have won games in the tournament when we had not much else going on. And, and self has said this a number of times, like you need a guy in the postseason when nothing else is working, when your sets aren't working, when your offensive plays are breaking down, who can just go get it. And as much as we love Ochai, he is not that guy. He's not a, I can just go get you a bucket guy or like, you know, spot up, take the ball, have the, the handles, get past somebody, whatever. He's just not, he's a great shooter. He's a, he can impact the game a hundred different ways, but he's not a go get you a bucket guy when you'd got to have one late, you know, who is, <laughs> and maybe the only one on our team, you can maybe argue like Jalen a little bit has the ability to get, get past this guy and get a lane, but he needs help. Remy does not need help. 
You know, I think by and large, Remy is just a creative player. Does he know how to run Bill Self's offense perfectly? No. <laughs> not but perfectly. Not, does he know how to run but, it? <laughs> but, but does he recognize how to get someone on his hip and go to the basket? Does he recognize when the, on the next one when the guy cheats and uh, tries to beat him to the hole, but he shoots the three-pointer instead? No, he's an incredibly creative player, which may seem out of sorts with a very rigid offensive system. A that good instinct. Run. Yes, absolutely. And I think that is what can separate a good team from a great team. And really... I'm trying to think back like this is what's kind of been missing from some of these teams that have struggled in moments like that. He has been the difference maker and what separates us from those other teams. It's the reason why they went and got him. Yeah. Right. It's the reason why they went and got him. And we went through four months of the season with no indication that that guy was ever going to be that guy for Kansas, that that would be able to mesh with what Bill Self wants to see from his point guards. Yeah. So how much credit does Bill Self deserve I for loosening the constraints a little bit on what he wants to see from him? Well, <laughs> Jesse Newell, Casey Starr said something to the point. Uh, I think he tweeted during the Providence game. We've got to the point in the season where Bill Self is calling out a play and Providence is yelling the play to the defense because they know what it is. <laughs> like they got to the point in the season where the plays, sets aren't working. Like the half court offense plays, hasn't looked great. You, you might know they're coming. So what do you need in a situation like that? Well, I think Bill is smart enough. And frankly, the good news is not stubborn enough to let loose or let Remy loose, let Remy eat. And he did it. And so you, I, I agree. He, I think he does get some credit. And this is a guy who is, you know, barely getting off the bench. His knee was injured. It looks like his knee's all right. According to your song, knee looks good, right? Looks that's, good. That, that's my second favorite line. What's <laughs> <Knee laughs> your good. first favorite line? Camry's good on the gas. Camry's good on the gas. <laughs> the other thing I want to point out, <laughs> that was my line, by the way. Uh, the other thing I want to point out uh, from uh, your song is that, he could have his jersey in the rafters. A yes. guy who was barely getting off the bench. Uh, and after okay, explain this. Uh, well, the criteria for getting your jersey in the in the rafters are if you're a most outstanding player in the NCAA tournament, you'll put your your jersey up. Guaranteed. In the rafters. Guaranteed. Mario Chalmers got his up that way, and the, it's just crazy to go from an afterthought, a disappointment, to the highest honor you can get at KU. It's crazy. Rafters, Remy. Rafters, Remy. Rafters, ra- dude. Are you kidding me? Can we just so can we just circle back on that really quickly? There is a a non-zero chance it's that Remy crazy. Martin, he already has an MOP, will have his jersey retired in Allen Fieldhouse. So crazy. It's it's. I mean, that will be a fable. That will be a that will be a story that will be told. Hey, there was this one guy who didn't play all crazy. season long. <laughs> he didn't play all season long. Imagine telling your grandkids about. Well, think that. about Jeff Graves. Jeff Graves was that close. <laughs> Would he have been named the Final Four MOP? Dude, Probably. He was the 16 best, and 16. He was the best player on the court for KU. Not close. I mean, there's two games left. There's a lot that could happen. But if he plays the way he's been playing, odds are that he will be the MOP. It's crazy. The and he's got the he's got the storyline. He's got the the because you kind of need like People politically, you know, he's you got to have a little it, the story's great. Oh man. Oh, he, just he's thought, feisty. Just he's got a smile. He's easy to vote for. Please, basketball gods, make this a thing. It's it's so cool. It's been so cool to watch. By the way, I do want to, because of Remy and then Ochai playing so well in the second half, I just want to take like 60 seconds to talk about David McCormick finally getting it going in Miami yeah, uh, against huge. Miami. Like He was the catalyst, I think, there to start the second half. That If we're getting a play of the game, that and one, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. that felt like, Okay, this and the, is it. And the KU's, flex walk afterwards. Is, uh, the flex walk. Dave is a low-key great celebrator. 
He does the little he man. He does the do too small. He does the too small yeah. uh, celebration a lot, which I like. I'm a big fan. I wish he would have dunked it because, like, Dave should be able to dunk that ball rather than just have this, like, flip it up in the air. Flip, over the flip it up in the air to win in. He got fouled. But whatever, it goes in. And that really, it's I mean, huge. Dave's first four minutes put us in a position to win that game. I mean, he was playing out of his mind. You know, he got a run out and a dunk. It was it was a good Dave game. Didn't play much the rest of the game. Didn't need to. Didn't need to. I think Self said something like, he, you know, he was he got a little cold. Like, like knee was cold. He didn't just like, I don't have a reason to put him back in and try to warm the knee back up and get going. He just like, don't need a reason to don't, don't, don't need to. I, I liked it. I liked that. He was able to sit and it also shows Mitch is okay. He did say in the post or in the, in his presser yesterday, he has no concerns about either of their health. Good. That's a positive sign at this time of year and, and rare. Right. Yeah. Like how, yeah. How many times are we going back and look Not at the tournament? Away. Like this guy, this guy, if only. Like, you know, and now it's like, if, if everybody's good to go, you got to feel good. So we talked about what Villanova likes to do, what they do well. So what does Kansas need to do well? And where do their advantages lie against the Wildcats on Saturday? We'll get into that next. This is Jayhawk talk radio. If you'd like to join the show, you can do so on the Jay's Southland Tow Service text line 913-576-7610 to answer uh, one person's question. Yes, we have been made aware that there is breaking NFL news. Shocker. They just can't let us have one day. You know what? Damn it. No, we're not doing it. (laughs) Bruce Arians, I don't care. You're not big enough. You're not a big enough name for us to break into this show. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio. The Jayhawks are in the final four. The final four is not going to be outdone by anybody. I don't care that the NFL doesn't take a day off. We're not letting it ruin this show. There's nothing else that could happen, right? Knock on wood that would upstage this final four. The the, the NCAA had to do its best to get this team, uh, these teams in the final four in order to not have something from the NFL upstage it. Like if Tom Brady ends up at the Chiefs, (laughs) (laughs) that would be the thing. But short of that, no. What did we joke last week? We joked last week that Travis Kelsey would. Retire, retire and go so far work so for Amazon with Al Michaels. Yeah, so far so good. Nothing on that front quite yet. KU Villanova, they will be meeting in the NCAA tournament for the third time in the last seven seasons. But there was only six tournaments because there was no tournament in 2020. So uh, these programs and these coaches are very familiar with one another. The personnel has changed, but for the most part, Villanova plays about the same as they did in 2016, about the same as they did in 2018. I don't think this team is as good as either of those teams, especially with the loss of Justin Moore. This, to me, based off what we saw in the second half in KU's win over Miami, this has to be a big Ochai game. Ochai came alive. The shooting wasn't there, but one thing I will give him is that the effort's been there. He has tried to play through it, maybe sometimes trying a little bit too hard, but he's, he's working his ass off on defense He's scoring the ball well. He's just not shooting the ball well. I don't think you can have another one of those poor shooting nights against a Villanova team that's going to try and limit your possessions. Yeah, if he goes six for 21, it's hard for us to win that game, you know, unless, you know, something crazy happens. But we've got to have an efficient game from Ochai where he's the focal point. Like, he's got to be taking shots because we know he can make those shots. And, you know, Rex Walters, you know, made a comment that maybe is impacting him a little bit is that maybe he wants this so much that he's he's pressing at some point do you 
do you get past that? Like the fact that you made it to the final four, despite not playing great basketball, do you think it's, um, the burdens lifted or is it even amplified knowing that I got to really turn I, it on now? I, you'd hope so. But that second half against Miami really showed you what, what it could have been. I mean, he, he didn't play perfectly. Everyone else seemed to play perfectly. He wasn't quite there, but he did have two threes at a couple dunks, uh, you know, some, some, and he, but he played well everywhere where else, like he's guarding. Well, he's, getting those rebounds. He's he's playing well everywhere else on the floor, except jump shots just not quite going in yet. Uh, that being said, if we're going to beat a big boy team like Villanova, Ocha's got to have a big game. I think so, too. I, I don't think we can get by with what we've seen in the first couple games of the NCAA tournament from him. But he can impact the game a number of ways. And I, if you just talk about scoring – I mean, what we what do you think it's going to take to win this game points wise? Because I like the number seventy. Oh, I thought you were talking about Ocha. I'm like, like, man, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. a, that'd be a pretty historic be, performance, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, he'd probably be the one with the rafters at that point. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, it, I think it's going to take seventy points. So, so let's say that's your number. Okay, what do you do? You need fifteen from him? Do you need twenty from him? To me, it's more about efficiency because so I expect I expect it to be a low scoring game. I do too. And so. You, you look down and you see, okay, are the, it, write the story of this game where you win the game without Ochai playing well. Can you do it? I think you can, but it's a lot It's harder. a lot harder. Yeah. It's a lot harder. I, think that's I mean, fair. you've got to have uh, CB step up. CB's you know, not had a great tournament. I mean, he, he, did, make, fine. he, he did make the uh, Midwest first team or all Midwest team to the extent that that matters, along with – uh, Remy and, and big Dave uh, or, but you know, Dave's got to have a good game. Like we've, we've seen these up and down games from Dave where two points and then 20 points. So it's, there is a pathway, but the path of least resistance, the easiest path is for Ochai to play like he has the whole year for him to play like a first team, all American. All I know is somehow <laughs> Nova held Houston to one of 20 from three point range. That'd be great. And has held, opponents, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of like 19 or 20% overall in the NCAA tournament, that number, it doesn't make any sense is ripe for some regression. Yeah, I don't buy it. I don't I, think that there's anything that they're doing. I agree. And so, I mean, to, and Kansas really hasn't, as we, I think we said that they haven't really shot it well, but they haven't really shot it either from three. So you got to hope that that there's some all sorts of regression that's going to take place there for KU positively. Here's what gives me some confidence for KU going into this one is that not only is Villanova not a great interior defense, they're now shorthanded. And so you're talking about two guys and they're not super big. They're going to be about six, eight, six, seven. Now Dixon, six, eight, two fifty. So he's got some girth to him. He's got some size down there, but not a ton of length. I think this is a game where Kansas doesn't have to stylistically, they tempo wise. Yeah. You may have to get comfortable in the half court yep. and this is going to have to be the game where the half court sets actually produce offense, but I don't think Villanova is going to force you into playing a style that you're not comfortable playing because that's one thing I feel like has been maybe, uh, maybe a little defensively. Yeah. But offensively, one thing that's been sort of unheralded about this Kansas team is to steal a football term. They're multiple. Like they, they can beat you from deep, right? They can beat you by pounding the ball inside, by opening up driving lanes. They can beat you by getting to the free throw line. They've been a pretty efficient free throw shooting team. 
you can't really pigeonhole them into a style of play that they're not comfortable with. I know they would, they would rather run. They would rather get out in transition because that's where nobody can beat them. But they've shown the ability to beat teams in the half court as well. And I think that if, if this is going to become a game where they just got to get downhill and score at the rim, they're comfortable doing that. I think they're better off if they do that, if they can. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's probably going to be dictated by what Villanova gives them. I mean, this may be a deal where we don't see a lot of Villanova offensive rebounds. Because that They're going to be have long three-point misses. I mean, just think <laughs> of the second half of that Miami game. We were just football passing it every time down the floor yeah. and getting easy buckets. That's not going to come against a disciplined Jay Wright team. But, you know, this team, if they this Villanova team, if they're playing five starters – the whole game and you get down to that last 10 minutes and you know, KU's going to have fresh legs. We've ran all season and we've run in the last 10 minutes of games. Are they going to be ready to run against us in those last 10 minutes? I don't know. I'm not buying much into that in the NCAA tournament, those long timeouts, but, but to your point, they will have dudes who have not necessarily played that long and dudes who, have not necessarily played as many minutes. So it will be interesting there. I mean, because they're, they're, they're going to have to play 38 minutes. Play, they're all going to have to play a lot of minutes. I, I don't know. I, I think that we've talked a lot about offense. Now, defense seems to be the thing for me that's most interesting because I think we're going to scheme. I like our chances in the half court. I think Dave will play a big role uh, on, on offense. But defense is where, to me, Nova's weird. Like what we are doing defensively against them. You mentioned earlier, they like to post up their guards. Like we don't see that much. We don't see. And no. do you think Dewan Harris knows how to guard, like face guard a guy back it, like with his back to it? Like it is a weird thing for our guards to guard. It just doesn't happen. And they do it all the time. They've gotten very good at it. And the other thing they like to do a lot is pump fake. They get the line a lot. And they like to pump fake. And our uh, dudes, Miami pump faked a lot with yes, great success did. in the first yes, half. They did. My favorite part is CB just oh. absolutely flying him, past guys. Him of He's all people. Mr. Pump fake. Him of all people. <laughs> he should be. He should know how Stay that works. Stay on your feet. The Stay Godfather. The Godfather feet. of pump fakes. You're going to be sick of pump fakes after watching Villanova for 20 minutes. I'm telling you, they they are having Bob Knight flashbacks. Absolutely, pump fake city. <laughs> But I think it's going to be it's going to be really important for us to be extremely sound defensively. And you think all week what we're working on, or I don't think we're running a lot on offense. I think they're working a ton on the weird stuff they're going to see from Villanova offensively on their defensive sets. And I think the second half against Miami showed you the flexibility we have to guard on the perimeter because we completely changed up that strategy against those Miami guards. We're going to see two good guards in Villanova. Uh, and and they're going to be uh, that their big offensive threat. If you want to join the show, the Jays Southland Tow Service text line nine one three five seven six seven six ten from the seven eight five. Does Ochai need to have a big performance in the final four to be a Rafter guy? I think he's already a Rafter guy, right? I think he's a Rafter guy. First I mean, he's big, big, big twelve player of the year, which is a lock, right? That locks you in, doesn't it? I can't it? remember if that's a lock or not. It's I got, think it, yeah. I think Bill Self made it a lock. Did he? Okay, because that's, that's how Marcus Morris got in. <laughs> Marcus got to be up there. I still there. wish both of them were up there. I know. And we I can't think, do one without the other brother. I think Brandon Rush. Well, I don't know how Brandon got up. Well, he won a title too, which probably just cemented it. But yeah. Either way, I think he's probably Ochai's going to there. be a first team All-American. We're in unanimous agreement? I think he'll be a Raptor guy. Yes. We've talked about this. Is he a Raptor guy or is he a legend? Oh, Can he be a legend? And that's what we have remained, we remained to see from him. He can do it. Because there's Raptor guys who are not legends. He could be a legend. Saturday, He's got five days. Saturday and Monday. That's all it takes. 
You, you need to play really well for two games to be a legend. Somebody needs to tell him that, dude. Talk, no, two games. You can't do two good games. He's not playing well under pressure all season. That Texas game, he was a disaster. On hey, it senior was great day. against Texas Tech. On senior day, he was a disaster. His parents are in the crowd. I would imagine there's a conversation being had this week with Bill Self to say, like, hey, man, most guys who are the best player on their team who play this poorly in March don't make it to the Final Four. You did. True. So, congrats. True. You got it out of the way. Now you can just go. Go ball be out. free. Go we, be free. We got a lot of dudes. It's not a team that's just Ochai. So, I mean, that's credit to us. You shut Ochai down. We've got some other things. This team is doing one thing better than I think I've seen any Bill Self team do at Kansas. I'll tell you what it is next. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio. <laughs> This is Jayhawk Talk Radio on 610 Sports Radio. I am Nick Schwert, Kevin Mechtley, Andrew Payne, Nolan Brooks. The Jayhawks are in New Orleans. The Final Four commencing on Saturday. Kansas and Villanova is the appetizer for the Coach K Love Fest. Mm. Duke, North Carolina, the main event, which is why I think Kansas is in the perfect spot. And, and Villanova is too, too, too. Like, just knowing that. 80% of the people who are there are simply watching you because they are waiting for the main course, which means there's no pressure on anybody in that first game. And whoever does win gets to go sit in the second row and watch those two teams slug it out for two hours. You know, as much as those two coaches want to avoid this game being their Super Bowl, I think it's impossible to avoid that. I, it's, you know, the amount of attention, the amount of pressure, the amount of you know, talk from their fans, talk from their families, talk from their friends about, hey, this is Duke, North Carolina, in the Final Four. That just makes that game so hyped like, to its a Super Bowl level. But it's not the final game. That is the problem they're running into. The emotions that you're going to have to just conjure up to get ready for that game feels like it's only natural to lead to a letdown afterwards, right? Has to. Has to. That being said, I think that just gives us a little bit of advantage if we win against Villanova. That doesn't necessarily mean we're going to walk through, but I think it, it just allows us to be a little bit more focused if we do get past that game on Saturday. Kansas showed something in the second half versus Miami that I hadn't seen them show all season, or perhaps they, they didn't make it as obvious. And it's that this team has very clearly bought in in a way that you just don't see very often. And what what they've done is they've bought in defensively. I think they understand that they're a really good team, but they have weaknesses from a physical standpoint that they cannot overcome. Like, they're not the longest team. They're not the most athletic team. Christian even joked about it. After the game on Sunday, he said, wow, a lot of, a lot of, what do you say? A lot of, a lot Not of trophies. For a, yeah. A lot of trophies for a team that needed to get more athletic. This right. is a shot right at bill, by the way. Yeah. Like, you could get away with that after you just won your regional, but that was, that was a, that was a shot directly at bill who said you know in the post game after USC, we got out athletic, out athletic, out athletic sized, athleticized. Either way, they needed dudes. He sort of, his statement was, we got to go get dudes, which by the way, Athletes are great at manufacturing motivation. So even if it's your own coach that I you're trying it. to, I'm going to, I'm going to prove you wrong by winning you a title. I like I like it a lot. <laughs> I like that. He's firing a bill. 
athletes generally are good at you know generating motivation. CB, CB. particularly oh, can take anything <laughs> and generate motivation. So let's think you know go out there and be athletic on Saturday, CB. So I think that. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a Kansas team buy in the way this team has to understanding that if we are going to do something special in March, we have got to be the most active team. We have to outwork the other team. And, and we see it defensively. We've seen it from Christian. We've seen it from Ochai. Mitch. Mitch has turned into Jeff Withy this postseason. <laughs> he has 13 blocks in seven games since the start of the Big 12 tournament. He had 20 in the 30 regular season games, he has 13 in his last seven. Wow. No easy it's, buckets. It's an activity level. It is an understanding this is how we're going to have to win games. You know, I think you're right. And, I, you know, a couple things. We, we were looking at these these first four games in the NCAA tournament. And we, other than the second half against Miami, the story we're telling ourselves is that we didn't play very well. These were kind of blah games. We just kind of managed to get through. But what we're really saying is that we didn't play well offensively. I think the defense has always been there. We've played incredible defensive defensively. And it's just something you don't necessarily see. It's not like you can look to a statistic, you know, you can look at blocks or you can look at steals. You can maybe look at, you know, points and and the, the efficiency, but like, that's just something that doesn't jump off the page, but it should, because this team is playing as good as they play defensively. And what wasn't a calling card for this team, it was viewed as a weakness is now, a strength. They've played as well defensively as anyone else in the tournament. Since March 1st, one time has KU given up more than 70 points. And that was against Creighton. Wow. 72. Every other time it's been low. And not to mention 50 points from a very, very good offense in Miami. 50. Yeah. So just to, 20 offense. Just to put some context to that. Since the start of the tournament, KU has the number one field goal percentage defense in the tournament. 39%. 39% is what opposing teams are shooting from two. So, like, just to put, like, for some context, 2008, the team that won the title, opposing teams shot 42% inside. 2012, with Jeff Withy, team shot 40% inside. So, this team, without having a natural rim protector, without having a, a ton of length or athleticism down low, is playing like an elite interior defense, which at no point this season did I ever think they were on the precipice of becoming. It's just wild. Thinking about the way that Bill Self was talking about his defense early in the season and even halfway through the season. <laughs> like this was this has been a late buy-in. Like it, this has not been a slow kind of oh, they're getting a little better. They're getting a little better. They're getting a little better. I still think you look at that Kentucky game as the ch- as the point at which they're like, holy cow. We cannot play. We cannot compete with these types of, of teams unless we change something. Our offense is fine. We're great offensively, but they were not great defensively. They learned it. Yeah, it's, our offense has never been the problem. And not only are we just playing well defensively, we're kind of hitting some historic numbers. Uh, we held Miami to 0.69 points per possession, uh, and that is the lowest in the Ken Palm era for Miami. Like this is going back 21 years of Ken Palm data. This was the game that they were the lowest. And and so it just goes to show you this, you know, firepower from Miami. They were 10 seed, but they were a great offensive team. Really, really took them out of the game. Yeah. And I think, you know, I go back to, I go back to that. The play of the game against Miami was 
it was, I think Christian and Mitch were both collapsing on a driver. Somebody was driving baseline for Miami and they both, again, just throwing bodies at guys. Yeah. And it turned into a run out the other way. They throw it up to Ochai. Ochai goes up for the layup and he misses it. He's going to trying to go through two guys. He misses it. All of a sudden, Jalen Wilson comes flying in from nowhere, falling out of bounds, saves it back to Ochai, who has to jump in bounds just in time to catch the ball in the corner, buries a three. And that was the play where I thought, like, that's how you go to the final four. Making plays like that, selling out, knowing that you get those extra points, and, like, that's how you're just going to work a little bit harder than the other team. That's just effort. Yeah. Can't coach effort. These guys, these guys have it, and certainly in the tournament. So do you think it was like an under, an unspoken thing that like, hey, we're going to turn it on right now, or do you – I know it's like the, the – I just watched Miracle a couple of weeks ago, so I, I always think there's a great locker room speech behind every great performance. I know this isn't a Disney movie, but I'm curious as to how this all came about. Well, if they do an accurate representation of what happened – in the second half or, you know, in halftime before the second half of the Miami game, I don't think it would be very interesting other than the reactions of the players, because the, the stories that came out from the locker room were Bill self didn't come in there storming, didn't come in there screaming, but was calm collected. He may have been angry in his head. (laughs) He may have been cuckoo in his head, but like outwardly he was calm. He was collected. He just made those specific adjustments that needed to be made which surprised everybody. It wasn't like this, you know, huge blow up. And maybe that was what was needed. Like this is a business trip. This is a, let's make these changes. And they came out free. They came out calm. They came out as loose as I've seen them since the big 12 tournament. When you feed off of that too, like if you see somebody turned up, you feed off of that. I mean, I think we've seen all tournament. We have taken a little bit of our emotion from Remy. Like he's been the guy who's kind of come in and let people relax a little bit. He's excited. He's smiling. He's doing something. He's keeping guys loose in that second half. It felt like it was more of a, we're going to get our, our energy, our juice from like that Dave play. You see something like, okay, I could, if this guy's going to the mat for me, I'm going to the mat on the next play. And all I know is whatever they did, I mean, you, when you get a few of those and you string a couple of those together, it changes the whole game. I mean, the momentum just snapped and the crowd just snapped. The building just snapped. There was no way they were coming. Miami was coming back from that. And can I highlight one player that may have started all that? Mm. Played 30 seconds in the game. KJ Adams. Oh, okay. Best K- defensive play of the game. Best defensive. Like uh, Bill Self said, they, he played the best in the first half and he only played 30 seconds, but he came in the last possession of the game and shut down Cameron McGusty. Turning point. And that could have been the turning point. Elicited of the game. a hug from Reggie Miller. <laughs> Did you see it. that coming out of the second half? I didn't. Reggie see Miller that. called him over like when they were going through the layup line and he like grabbed him and like talked to him for 30 seconds Big to tell him how great of a play it was. Yeah, big defense guy. <laughs> so, I mean, going into the halftime, let's say Magusti hits a three. Like, that, you know, could be demoralizing. But you would have been down nine. We would have yeah. been down nine with no momentum. But gets that shutdown, plays incredible defense, just locks him down. And it showed maybe those older players, like, this is the kind of effort that we need to be putting in defensively to get this win. This is a party of blue bloods in New Orleans this weekend. But Bill Self pointed out one thing that separates the other three programs from Kansas as of late. 
What would a title on Monday do to the perception of Kansas as one of the premier programs in the country? We'll talk about it next. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio. All right, this is a quote from Bill Self yesterday when talking about all the Blue Bloods going down to the Final Four and the potential of winning a national championship for Kansas. This is what Bill Self had to say. Quote, so I do think for our program, it is without question one of the top programs in the country. I mean, nobody can debate that at all. But for it to be thought of as the equal of anybody else's, we've got to cut down nets on Monday night. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Nick Schwert, Andrew Payne, Kevin Meckley. If we are to read between the lines there of that quote from Bill Soff, is it necessary to read between the lines or do you take that at face value? What's he trying to say there? Well, I think he's pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's no subtext to this. It was, you know, if you want to be considered a Kentucky, if you want to be considered a Duke or North Carolina, you've got to win a championship. But you don't hear him say that like point blank. We are not on that level. I think I, I think he almost is. It's getting close to it. Well, no, I'm saying before this. Yeah, that's no. why it's a noteworthy quote, right? And it's you know an added piece of motivation. You know, we can talk about you know program and but like in certainly in recent history, like we've got to get that championship to be on that absolute top pedestal. We do have all time wins now. That's that's cool. That's important, but that's not necessarily what matters in the for whatever we're talking about, public opinion or how recruits think of it or how fans think of it. This is all kind of a nebulous thing about who is the best and who is considered the top. But for whatever that is, we've got to win a championship on Monday for us to kind of be back with those folks. There's a reason we hang Helms Foundation banners in Allen Fieldhouse. Those banners are not really the same. I'll As defend those Helms banners. National championship banners. For those that don't Helms know. Helms true there. The I, Helms Foundation sort of just picked. We just celebrated the 100-year anniversary of the 2020 or 1922 team. And next year, we'll celebrate the 100-year of the 1923 <laughs> so team. So they basically just picked uh, after the fact. What was like 30 years later? I can't remember how it was worked. But it was, it was, it was way after the fact who they thought was the national champion. Somebody has to be crowned champion. Like imagine right now. Just picking, you know what? I think that 88 team was pretty good. We ought to make them national champ. Like, that's basically I'm fine with that. I want to do it for the 2020 team. I've been advocating for that for two years. Look, if that's the way it was decided, we'd have a whole lot of championships (laughs) out there forever. Alabama does it for football. I'm okay with us putting Actually, I think, to that note, I think we should do it for KU football. We should go find a season from, like, 1908 (laughs) where KU went, like, 7-0 and give them a retroactive national title. All I'm saying is there's a reason they do it. And that is that we don't in every other category, we are a 1000% blue blood. But when you start lining up championships, not final fours, because we're getting pretty good at that too. Elite eights were real good. (laughs) (laughs) But once you get championships, it's not, it's not where we stack up as well. And I mean, you just look at Villanova, us versus Villanova national championships, same amount. Same amount of NCAA titles. So that that's why it, I mean, I, I understand his quote. I, I, are, are people going to think differently about KU, you know, as a blue blood now? Are people going to think differently about Bill Self? Maybe a little bit if he doesn't get another one because he's had historic success at KU. Historic and only has one champ to show for it. And lots of opportunities. I mean, there's, there's a lot of missed opportunities. And if you, 
just look back. I mean, these elite eight losses can really be heartbreaking. You look at the Oregon game, you look at the VCU game, you look at the Northern Iowa, everything kind of set up perfectly kind of like it did here, except we're there. We, we made it, we made it to the final four and we just got to take care of business. Now, this is going to make me cringe just asking it, but I think these guys have plenty of motivation on their own, but do you think there's any element of these guys playing for bill? I think that they hate and love him at all points of the season. And I think at this point they've gone through so much with him that if you're on this team and you've lasted this long, he's your guy. You know, I, I so I think that there's there's probably something to because I've talked to guys from the '90s, like I talked to Scott Pollard like a month ago, month or two ago, and he said that they all came back in '97 because they wanted to be the group to win Roy his first title. Yeah, that's different when you don't have a title. Bill's got one, but I think these guys are well aware that he hasn't won one in 14 years. I also think these guys are aware of the the NC. I mean, they've been here through the entire NCAA investigation. They're very aware of the fact that Bill Self could have a suspension looming in coming seasons. I, I wonder if there's part of it where it's like, let's go do this for him, especially knowing that in the case of Dave, Ochai, maybe Christian, certainly Remy, Mitch, that's five of your seven dudes. Object, they're, like, they're probably not going to be back. I mean, Christian, we'll see. Like, you could lose basically this entire rotation to next year. Yeah, I think there's probably more to that storyline to me, than playing for your coach. The, this is our shot together. We've all kind of come up together. At least a, a big group of those guys have come up together. This is our chance. I, I think there's probably more to it there than saying, boy, we got to go get Bill Self his second. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not buying that. But the, the, the NCAA postseason ban thing could be a real motivation. I think, I mean, it's not like they're thinking about it. They shouldn't be. But in the back of their minds, I'm sure it's there. So when you're saying this, like let's say Duke wins on Saturday and KU wins on Saturday, does Duke get any bit of an edge? Because you know that those players are probably thinking in their head, like we do want to go win for Coach K. This is his last game. Yeah, they're going to say we, we want to win because it's going to be his last game. And then KU is going to come back and say, no, we want to win because our coach – might get a two-year suspension for breaking NCAA violations. All I know is if that happens, we're going to have the whole <laughs> freaking nation behind us <laughs> trying to beat Duke. So I'm going to feel real good if we get Duke. How much fun would it be? Can we take 10 seconds? How much fun would it be to knock Coach K let's out Let's take of more than 10 seconds on this. I mean, I like let's take the rest of the show. Because <laughs> I want to tell how great would it feel to play Coach K and beat him in the final game like the and have the entire college basketball experience, the nation behind you. It could be one of the highest rated college basketball games, you know, in recent history, it could very well, no matter what happens, like this final four is setting up to be historic in terms of eyeballs, in terms of interest, in terms of storylines. And, you know, I, I, I think that we could be the, uh, the victor of this whole thing. I'm bored with Villanova, North Carolina. That's boring. We need KU Duke. Give it to me. K North Carolina would be fun too. That'd be fun too. There's, I'd be okay there's, there's a yeah, lot. what are you guys rooting for? Would you rather? I want them Knowing to go that nothing's into, guaranteed. I think both of those teams are good, like really good teams. Like I'm not buying in the eight seed. Good programs, right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I think I'd probably rather see North Carolina. Like probably you're going against a first year coach. I mean, not that you're that a gambler. Matters, what would the lines be? Because KU, I think I saw earlier KU would be favored in either game. I think KU would be favored by maybe a point. Point and a half against Duke, maybe North Carolina four, 
three and a half. Yeah, so Duke's a four-point favorite over North Carolina right now. And so that that, that makes some sense, uh, but it's not going to matter. I mean, in terms of how these teams are playing, if you go to BartTorvik.com, he's kind of like a newer age Ken Palm, similar deal, but you can do it by date. I think North Carolina is the number one team since March 1st, and KU's the number one team since February 1st. So these are the teams that are playing the best right now. And we got the right Final Four. Earlier in this show... We made the radio world premiere of Kevin's newest single. Are you giving us permission, since this is your IP, are you giving us permission to run it back? Because it was a smash success the first time we played it. Yeah, if we're going to unseat We Don't Talk About Bruno, yeah, uh, yeah, we got to play it maybe some more. Yeah, Y'all might want to take some more stations around this building and have them play it too. Okay, that's perfect because there are a lot of music stations yeah, down we'll the hall. walk halls. down the hall. So we'll go slide it under their door, see if they'll play it as well. <laughs> but Kevin's latest single coming to you next, live here on Jayhawk Talk Radio. About 30 minutes left tonight, Jayhawk Talk Radio, 610 Sports Radio, Andrew Payne, Kevin Meckley, I am Nick Schwartz, Nolan Brooks, producing this thing. I am looking at the lyrics here of uh, one of my favorite new songs, been stuck in my head all day. In Ideals, he smashed, stacking up the cash, Camry's nice on the gas. Mm-hmm. Poetry. Thank you. Some would call it that. Andrew, it is my understanding that you wrote the line, Camry's nice on the gas in uh, Remy Diggity, which we are going to play for the audience here momentarily. Yes, that's the w- one of very few contributions that I made to this. This is this is Kevin's work. But, you know, Remy did get a Toyota Camry as part of an NIL deal earlier this year. Like, or, or, like it was this fall. I love that, by the way. Like, like the guys at Kentucky were driving Porsches, yeah. and Remy Martin's driving a Camry. You know, Crown, Crown to- Toyota. Crown Toyota ponied up and got Remy Martin a Toyota Camry. And, you know, in this economy, like, who knows? cars remember there were no cars that's available. right that's right that was yeah. surprising they even got that this i think economy. they said i think they said the guy whoever was running the KUNIL stuff they said it was not easy getting a car <laughs> like literally so getting a car because nobody had any cars like we had to pull some strings to get this camry this is a nice economical so like it made the song like yeah you know, Cam- camry's nice on the gas uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna listen to this song again so this is a song that kevin wrote as a gift to the k the, you know the jayhawk fans uh to get them through the final four to get them to the final four to get them excited and if this song doesn't get you excited nothing will now a quick a couple quick questions how often do you guys write a song when's the last song you wrote before this one uh, 2019. Yeah, I did the the we didn't win a title. Uh, so, so when we when we failed to win the Big Twelve, we did a Billy oh, Joel yeah. style song we that didn't was start the fire. So that's a completely different vibe to this one. Yeah, it was, that one. Well, the only thing that was the same is a bazillion KU references that yeah. were were stricken from KU lore, just like pulled from a thousand different places. You can find that on YouTube. If you just search, we didn't win the title. And then the other one that had some promotion was the Mitch Lightfoot song. Uh, no Easy Buckets. Written what feels like a thousand years ago. Okay, so that <laughs> couldn't was, have been that long ago. That was 2018, the last time we were in the Final Four. And that was Mitch Lightfoot's sophomore year. Doesn't make any sense. Isn't it crazy? Udoka got hurt and Mitch had to come in and we ended up winning the Big 12 title that year. Uh, going to the final four, but that just seems so long ago. That was Mitch's sophomore year. Yeah. So not very often is the answer. Do we write songs? 
I, I do some performing, whatever, but I do it like I do covers. So it's a special moment. It's a special moment that you wrote and released what is being dubbed Remy Dickity. And unless there's any more introduction needed, I say we uh, play it once more for our lovely listeners. Here is Kevin Meckley, Jayhawk Talk Radio, Remy Diggity. Mastery, the Jayhawks got after it, and Rami, he mastered like magic, no doubt. He'd be pumping up the crowd, what? as long as his credit can vouch the Kings couldn't knock his team out. Tell me who can stop him, he making moves, attracting rings like a magnet. Climbing up ladders with his fellow draft picks, still moving his flavor. With his homies, old giant CB, the original rim shaker, Rami get down, good lord. Three-pointers open all over town. Strictly switch, he don't play around. Cover much ground, got game by the pound. Heat and trade is his forte, each and every day. True play away, he's been Twitter maligned. Wow, post game shoot around grind. Wow, wow, west side to the wheat side. First tweet pride, it's no surprise. NIL deals he smashed, stacking up the cash. Camry's nice on the gas. By no means average, he's on when he's got to have it. Remy, our team's down 10, we gotta win. Under 16, can you please check in? I like the way you're working, no diggity. Got to bag it up, I like the way you're working, no diggity. Got to bag it up, bag it up, Remy. I like the way you're working, y'all dig Remy. He's gonna bag it up, I like the way you're working. Midwest M.O.P., he don't bag it up. He's going to class and style. Mastery is getting wild. Remy never not smile. Top of the key with that blow by. Catching losses is a no. Let me tell you how it goes. Wanted a banner, so he transferred. Final four, five, but a champ is better. Oh! Rolling with the fogness, alley you pass, can you stop this? He's gonna break the play, back door to Oach is on its way, y'all. I like the way you're working, rock chalk all day, every day, yeah. You're blowing my mind, dropping that dime, jersey in the Raptors for all the time. I like the way you're working, no diggity, got to bag it up. I like the way you're working, no diggity, no. I like the way you're working. Y'all dig Remy's gonna bag it up. I like the way you're working. Midwest MOP, he done bagged it up. Hey y'all, hey y'all, hey y'all, hey y'all, hey yo, that knee looks good. Hey y'all, hey y'all, hey y'all, hey y'all. Play y'all, play y'all, Remy. Hey y'all, hey y'all, hey y'all, hey y'all. No doghouse, no mall. Hey yo, 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 hey yo,
Live with the banner, Jayhawk Nation, Rock Chalk. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. Ready? We don't talk hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. We gotta bag it up. We have hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. That is Remy Diggity. Top of the charts. Send it. It's coming up. Future. Top <laughs> of the charts. Soon to be top of the charts. It's only a matter of time. Once we can figure out how to get that song on the charts. <laughs> it's the chart problem that we got. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. You know how the billboard has like the hot 100, but they also have the, the top 40 country, the, the rock 50. Is there a parody college <laughs> basketball we would chart. be crushing that yeah. <laughs> i'm pretty sure uh ma'am i'm hunter mickelson would still be like 11th <laughs> <laughs> we'd be the only ones that had it did what you know i did a song called ma'am i'm hunter mickelson i think i remember <laughs> seeing it i don't know if i ever heard it it's not that good this is the first <laughs> one we did totally as a joke only for the podcast because the, uh, you know, the B, can I say that word? No. Yes, B, you can. Yeah. I'm not going to do it just in case. I don't want to get fired in my first. Uh, I'm Frank Mason, right? So we did ma'am. I'm Hunter Mickelson. It was a more polite version. Very of the, polite. Of the Frank Mason song. A little it, more. Not my best work. Like less, <laughs> less. Virgin. But you look at how far you've come. Yeah. <laughs> because. Now I started taking it more seriously because people Remy, are actually listening Remy to Remy Diggity's a hit. Overwhelmingly that. positive response has it not been? It has been. Yeah. I just want to know what Remy thinks. Yeah. I, so should what's I up with Remy right now and ask him to play it for Remy? Tonight? Yeah. So what's up with Remy, a guy who is so personable and so outgoing on the court, has no social media presence, and I'm, I'm happy for him. I think we should all strive to be less <laughs> online, but he is legit not online, which is surprising. His on court personality would indicate that he would be like great. Twitter yeah. follow. He's yeah. happy enough in his like real life world that he doesn't need that <laughs> extra for him. dopamine hit of uh, like f- you know fake social. Probably media. best he hasn't been on Twitter this year. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. For the best, that's true. Maybe recently. Well, I mean, he's gotten mostly love, but then there's you know there was some some back and forth. Yeah, there was some back and forth. He should have. No, you know what? He should have started social media on March first. Yeah, that because if he did time. that, then. He'd be like, man, this place is great. Everybody's so nice. Why didn't I get on here sooner? People are writing songs about me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's when you know you've made it. You, you've hit Hunter Mickelson's status when someone <laughs> has written a song about you uh, and he's reached that. So, you know, it's a fun thing. I hope everybody enjoys it. This Kevin spent, you know, a ton of time on a this. A whole few hours. Uh, and it turned out with a good product. So so uh, kudos to you, Kevin. I think, it's, I think it's great. I hope everybody enjoys And how can they get it? Because they're going to want to listen to this again. Well, absolutely. So first of all, it's going to be on every radio station tomorrow. How do we Kansas get this? To, how do we get this to TBS? I want this on the broadcast. <laughs> well, going to break. Going to break. Jim Nance is sending it to commercial break, and they're playing that in the background over some highlights. You're the guy with like the contacts in media. Like we're just a couple podcasters over. Okay. You should know this. All right. You all can't. Right. You get Nance on our show. Well, could you text him right now? You get Nance on the show? No, I cannot text well, Jim on, Nance man. right now. Doing? I'm sorry. I can't text Jim Nance at 840 on a Wednesday so and get him on the show. This, on the West Coast. this is what I want you to text him. This is what I want you to text him. Hello, friend. <laughs> Can you do that? 
Um, I, no, I don't have his number. All right. Well, just try, while, while Andrew okay. and I are talking right now, see if you can get his number. I can probably get his, I can <laughs> no, probably get his publicist number. Until you number. get his number. But tell the folks at home how to listen yeah, to the song. You can, you can go, if, if you're really struggling, go to at Jayhawk Talk on Twitter. It's on there. You'll you see Jayhawk Talk YouTube, Podcast. Yeah, you can listen on Jayhawk Talk Podcast. There's a YouTube link out there. If you search Remy Diggity, I'm sure you'll find it. All right, guys. Uh, the Hot Take Factory sleeps for no one, especially with a Final Four game looming. So we fire up the last Hot Take Factory of the season coming up next. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio. All right, guys. This is uh, the last 15 minutes of the rest of our lives here. We've got 15 minutes and then the final four right around the corner. KU Villanova on Saturday. We're going to fire up the hot take factory for one last time this season. We may do an off season edition because we're going to be on next Wednesday, no matter what, right? Win or lose. Yeah. We still Jay talk talk radio. Sure. Well, there'll need to be some closure of some sort. But like, yes. let's, let's just celebration. Let's plan on it being just a party here. Like it's a big celebration and, it, and the whole city's going to listen. Do we drink Remy Martin on the air? Next Wednesday, if they win the title, if he, sure. yeah, I'll well, probably drink way. Remy Martin tonight. <laughs> okay, so win or lose, we still Remy Martin. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, okay. We're, we're adults now. This is not. Is Remy Martin expensive, by the way? It, depends it can what you be. Get. Yeah. It can be. Uh, it comes in a box. I remember seventeen thirty-eight. Remember yeah. that? Yes. Well, that that's made by Remy Martin. But that's the expensive Remy Martin, right? Well, I mean, not necessarily. Not you, you can make it as. Pricey as you want. And yeah. for this tournament, for this Final Four, make it pricey, We're going to get the top shelf. Make, okay. it, make it pricey. We're going to expose you to some good stuff. Me? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I mean, it's not like I'm drinking Old Crow every night. I mean, night. you're the one over there who's like, I don't know what Remy Martin Well, is. I don't drink cognac. Aren't you a bartender? It, yeah, but it, I don't drink cognac. I'm not like a seven-year-old man. Well, well here we well, go. Here we go. <laughs> well, is this welcome. an ageist thing? <laughs> wanna, welcome. No, good vibes. Come good on, vibes man. only. Good Come vibes on, only. No, 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 no. Like, this is going to be, like, you make yourself a good Remy Martin cocktail. Like, I, I found a good one. I don't remember the name of it, but it's got Remy Martin. It's got cognac in it, and it's based, it's originated in New Orleans. Oh, okay. Let me find it's, it. It's I'm got gonna, multiple connections there. Yeah, like, this is important for folks. Like, you need to plan out your weekend. Because this, we did get a really funny text on the text line a couple of minutes ago by somebody who I would I would guess is not. A, an ardent Kansas basketball supporter <laughs> uh, from the eight one six. By the way, if you want to text the show, uh, the Jay's Southland Toast Service text line nine one three five seven six seven six ten from the eight one six. Is Remy Martin an alcohol? Yes. Yes. Correct. Confirmed. Also Confirmed. a basketball player. Yeah. Okay. Uh, View. <laughs> here he goes. View carry cocktail. It's got cognac. It's got rye whiskey, which you can get the Rock Chalk Rye from Rieger. There's still some available oh at the. Uh, uh, Lucas Liquor on 135th. Really? Yes, there is. There's right. a whole case. Like it seems like they're sold out. Go there and get it. So get your Rock Chuck Rye. Get your Remy Martin. Put this all together. It's a New Orleans cocktail. We can't lose. I like that. I like that. I like it as well. I'll try it. We should have drank them tonight. Yeah. We sh- <laughs> I kind of want to go get one. <laughs> no, I'm just like, damn, that sounds good. <laughs> sounds really good we right got 15 now. 15 minutes here. Okay, so KU Villanova on Saturday. Um, it's the game that's getting less buzz, but it's between two programs. They don't have the Quite as many meetings as as Duke and North Carolina do, but they've got some recent history. 2016, 2018, played in the regular season last year. This Villanova team is not the most talented that we've seen under Jay Wright, and now they're shorthanded, losing Justin Moore, who might be their best player. 
one of their best players. He was averaging 15 points per game. He was one of their best shooters. He was the secondary ball handler next to Colin Gillespie. Massive loss. Blew his Achilles out against Houston. So this is a a Villanova team that's going to go about five deep. But what we know about them is the same, is they're going to slow things down. They want to play a slow, low-scoring game, and they're going to shoot a lot of threes. That much is consistent with whatever memories you may have of Villanova. You're very consistent, especially 2018. Threes just kept falling. They went 18 for 40 against us uh, in their previous game against Houston. They went for one for 20, right? Is they, it, no, yeah. they held Houston. Oh, they held Houston. Well, they didn't shoot well from three either. No, they did not. But they only uh, scored 50 know, points if, in that game. <laughs> if Villanova scores 18 or it's 18 threes, we're losing that game. Yes. In uh, that that could happen. So like, there's there's some potential here. But it's if not going to happen. They're not going to make 18 threes. If we play our game. If we get out and run, we you know disrupt their tempo, and we play the way we want to play, we have a good shot to win. We have a great shot to win. If we play their way, we can still win. It's just going to be a little harder. So we are a four-point favorite in this game. Uh, by 538, a couple nerds behind a computer, 538. Never wrong. Never wrong. They have us winning this game. Uh, they have us actually as the favorite to go to – the championship and win, which is interesting because Vegas does not. KU is second to uh, Duke, not by much, but close. But I was just checking it. 538 has us as a 69% favorite to go to the national championship game. Mm. And they're never wrong. Didn't they predict one of the elections? No, what are you talking? Don't, <laughs> don't, bring, don't, don't bring politics into this. Oh, no, sorry. they're never wrong. They've been wrong. But that's okay. I feel that's, that's super interesting. <laughs> I, I like KU in this game. I've, I'm usually not a uh, comfortable betting KU in these situations, but if you forced me to, I, I think I like KU on, on the points. What, is the, what, what, what gives you the most confidence? Is it the shorthandedness? Is it the fact that Villanova is going – they don't have a next man up sort of thing. It's just uh, we played six, now we're probably going to play five. Maybe you steal a few minutes here or there before timeout, two minutes here, two minutes there. But for the most part, like I think those five starters – are going to play 35 plus minutes in the case of Archie Diacono and Samuels, they might play 40 that second not Archie half. Diacono, Gillespie, whatever they the look second the second half is what gives the confidence. The second half of Miami is what gives you the cut. You saw what Bill self has been saying all year. There's another gear where Ochai and Remy and CB and Dave are all playing well together at the same time. And that has just not happened. And we just saw it. They know how to do it. They know they can do it. Unlocked. It's, it's, it's been unlocked. It's been a team of destiny. That's the other thing. We haven't talked about team of destiny. This bracket broke again for KU. It broke. And now we got their second best player hurt team of destiny, team of destiny, not only team of destiny, but also team of destiny to beat coach K. That is destiny stuff right there. Good prediction. Good prediction. Hmm, speaking of predictions, only a couple minutes left in the show. Time guys. To fire it up. We'll go quick. It's time for the Hot Take Factory Final Four Edition. Who wants to start us off? Listen, first, before you get in there, we got all of our hot takes right last week. What did we get right last week? I said that there were going to be no Final Four, or no one seeds in the Final Four but Kansas. So that was saying I would thought Gonzaga and Arizona both were going to lose, which was pretty hot at the time. I said Duke, North Carolina in the Final Four. 
And he and I were right. I don't know what you said. You, you were, were probably, probably right. You were probably so right. I said that Kansas was going to be down by six at halftime to Miami. <laughs> yeah. And they were yeah. going to yeah. storm back in the you second were, half I and end up winning that. by 27. God, dang. Yeah, I, I know that one. So what I'm saying is we got to get, get hotter. We got to get hotter because we, we were too correct last week. We got we to be wrong somewhere. Okay. All right. All right. Look, here it is. Remy Martin's going to win. Most outstanding player. And then drink a shot of Remy Martin out of his most outstanding player cup trophy. I didn't even know they gave that away. I don't know if they do, but I would say they do. I'm going to be different here. Ochai is going to win most outstanding player. This is going to be Ochai's tournament. We're going to have the most eyeballs ever watching college basketball. And they're going to see Ochai. He's not going to have a good game. He's going to have a great game. Okay. 40 points. Yeah. Sure. Make yeah. it hot. Okay. Hot. There we go. Hot. There it is. Oh, well, how about this? His best game is the Jayhawk. Oh, that's pretty hot. Okay. Wow. That's really hot. That would be about a 40 point game. Okay. Mine. Uh, I'm going to go outside of KU. I think. Coach K loses to Kansas in the national championship. And because he feels like there's unfinished business, he pulls a Tom Brady, takes the whistle away from John Shire and announces <laughs> that he's coming back for another season. You know hot. There's still does gas not, in that tank. Does not feel that hot to me. It's, that seems we gotta very go, reasonable. We got to go hotter. <laughs> we got to get hotter. We okay, hotter, 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 hotter. Mitch is going to win the MOP. He's going to be in the rafters guys. And then he's going to stay on as a grad assistant, become coach, eventually taking over Bill self. And then take us to a championship as coach. And then, as Jaron Howard once said, they're going to cut him open. A Jayhawk's going to yes. fly out. And that Jayhawk is also going to go on to be most outstanding player. Pretty hot. Pretty hot? Hot, hot. All right. Coach K is going to punch Christian Brown in a fit of madness <laughs> in a championship game and go out like Woody Hayes at Ohio State. I like that. Also, not, yeah, pretty hot. All right, I'm going with uh, the same one I had earlier, but I'm just going to pivot in the opposite direction. I think that John Shire actually steps down, forcing Coach K to come back for another season. Mm. Coach K is a cockroach. You cannot kill this man. He refuses of, to be out there. A lot of Tom Brady vibes going yeah. on. Yeah. Any final words, boys? Rock Chalk Jayhawk. I feel so good. Feel good. This is great. Feel loose. I think so. I'm loose. Right now. Talk to me in a couple days. <laughs> the call before the storm. Right Go. now we're having fun with it. Go listen to Remy Friday Diggity. night. Friday Remy night's Diggity. when I start getting tight. Okay. That's when I start pacing the apartment talking to myself. All right. Thank you to John Fanta. Thanks to Rex Walters. For Kevin Meckley, Andrew Payne, Nolan Brooks, I'm Nick Schwartz. This has been Jayhawk Talk Radio. Go Hawks. Saturday night, Kansas, Nova.